0: Welcome to the You Deserve More podcast. I'm here with my co-host Zach Italian. Today we have a couple hot topics, a couple important topics. Branding, for one. This is my company charity, right? Branding is super important and also something that's controversial, but definitely something that you have to get into is AI. We're going to add a little bit of AI because AI actually has affected a lot of my branding. You know, I use AI for, for, for things like copy and things like that. So we're gonna get into a couple of those topics today. How you doing, Zach?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing great. You use AI in your branding? Uh, with copy right now, I don't use it as much as I probably should. I everybody keeps telling me, Oh, use use AI, use AI, use AI. I have no freaking clue.
1: What does that mean to you? Yeah, when someone says use AI, what okay. is that? What what come? what pops into your head? I see it as a cheat code. A cheat code? That's I what, mean, that, what you think that's
0: of? Literally what I see it as. I see it as a cheat code. Okay um and i just recently became understanding that the ai actually learns from data that we input whereas i believe that this computer is just like thinking on its own developing its own opinions and it it's been that part freaked me out
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a I, uh, that's interesting to hear right i think it is a conception that i don't often think about because i'm very aware of like you know servers where we keep data how that works but it's something that I often overlook when I'm like working with students or other business owners that don't use computers as much or don't use AI. Um, but ultimately, yeah, like when you go and use chat GPT, you know that's being saved and served, like from their on their computers. Mm-hmm. So whatever data you're putting into that, it is going into a database and they're kind of recirculating and using these data points to be able to constitute you know uh, artificial intelligence, um, which is really just the idea of you know the computer utilizing different data points to be able to constitute, you know, for lack of technical terms, like a thought, right? You want yep. the computer to be able to come to an idea, an idea of, okay, they're speaking about this, they're talking about this, these things correlate and add up, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So use it for copy. Do you use it for pictures yet? Cause now it can make pictures, yeah, AI I, makes pictures, it makes...
0: I, I tried it a couple of times. I know Canva, Canva, I use Canva a lot in my business. Mm-hmm. Canva has actually a, an AI tool. Mm -hmm. I've tried it about a hundred times and nothing is perfect. Like it's, it's always a little bit off and I don't, the, one of the big things is with my branding. It's very, very important. Everything has to be the same color. Everything has to be the same shape, Yeah. right? That those things are very, very important in branding. And I found that out now. It's hard for me to articulate that to a computer. That's fair.
1: Yeah. What, 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 let's constitute that. Let's break down, like, what does branding mean to you? Like, what do you think about in the terms of branding?
0: Well, I didn't think about it at all. Not at all? Not at all. I, I didn't. Um, when I started charity, it was simply, um, my wife told me, there is no way that you're going to go start another business. And I said, okay. So I started teaching sure. high school. I taught high school business and special ed. And I said, okay, I'm not, I'm just going to be a regular guy. I'm gonna take my sixty grand a year. I'm gonna take my summers off as a teacher, and I'm just gonna live this happy life. And I was miserable, so I got second place in a fantasy football league. And I knew that my wife thought it was for fun and didn't know that I won money. So I took the three hundred fifty. I, I she knows now. I, I <laughs> it's like the one lie I've ever told to my wife is I just didn't mention the three hundred fifty bucks. I took that. I went to the restaurant store and I started charity. I literally. Was filling bottles at the uh, there's like a a uh, like a commissary across my town. Mm-hmm. I paid a hundred dollars to be in there for the month, and I filled bottles, literally making tea at home, putting them in in makeshift tea bags. And then I didn't know that I was technically not following all the protocols and all that stuff, but it you know it was a shit show, mm-hmm. just like every business. And then I showed up this church event, and as soon as I got there. I realized they're giving out iced tea for free, and I'm over here trying to sell for $4 a bottle. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's really stupid. But thankfully, my dad went up to all these different people online and started handing out free samples. And then what he did was he took every single thing that was important to him as a consumer Mm -hmm. about me and sold my iced tea. So he went up and he says – my son, veteran-owned company. People are like, oh, okay. They were almost like willing to try me for charity. <laughs> but they started trying that stuff, and I sold out of every single one of the bottles. I brought 160 bottles. The next time, I I ended up buying 360 packs, and I sold out of them. And then I sold out of the next group and the next group. And finally, I was like, this thing is real. Like, this is this is actually real. And I asked one of my customers, I said, why do you like my stuff? And the first thing she said wasn't even the flavor. She says, I really, really like the taste, but she says blue mango. It's so pretty. Yeah. That's what she said. It is. It's so pretty. And she kept calling it mermaid purple,
1: mermaid purple. And
0: I was like, all right, mermaid purple, like whatever. And then they, she tried it. She loved it. And she ended up, I ended up seeing her like every week. Mm -hmm. She would just show, she still shows up and, and buys my stuff. And she was like my very first customer. Um,
1: does, the the does, color is a brand. Does Yeah, it's part of your branding for yeah. sure. And, and so my question is, because this did come up a question in my head, do you feel like – actually, let's start here because this is another question I had. Do you name your drinks after what's in them, or would you have that marketing sense and, like, you use the way they look and what's in them to name them? Like Blue Mango, is that blueberries and mangoes, or is it That's Blue Mango? Biggest
0: regret that I have is the name okay. because blue mango is a fine name, but here's the thing. I use butterfly pea flower
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the butterfly pea flower is what we have in here. This is the raw form of that. Okay. When we're brewing it, you saw, you saw when we were brewing the hot version as tea, it was like blue. Yeah. Yeah. So I named it off of that. But what happens is in the manufacturing process, I have to use citric acid mm. to, to manage the pH level for shelf stability. Mm-hmm right? So it becomes, once you start putting things in bottles, it becomes a science experiment. I mean, really like you're trying to make the cleanest product possible, the best taste and best looking product, but you also have to make sure that it's safe to drink for masses. So I had to manage the pH level. And in doing that, you add in, you know, butterfly pea flower is cool. You add different colors, it'll change different colors. Mm. But if you add citric acid, it turns a purple. So. Everybody thinks this has blueberries in it. Mm -hmm. They're like, can I have some blueberry mango? Can I have some blueberry mango? I'm like, a blueberry's never been in this bottle. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I tried a blueberry tea as a seasonal and it worked great. Yeah. But this ain't it. No. You know, this ain't it. But a lot of companies will actually use butterfly pea flower because it adds a better color for their blueberry drinks. And it's more natural. And it's more natural. Yeah, I don't use any artificial you know Mm -hmm. red 40 or all that stuff or all that i don't use any of that stuff this thing's completely naturally colored which all my stuff is yeah um we have we have a couple herbal drinks coming out that are made with like hibiscus flower and rose hip i love hibiscus yeah well our rose stuff our rose stuff our hibiscus rose is what it's called yeah and it it looks like valentine's day i mean it just does it it, now that this is this is like 42 percent of Uh, my of my uh, of of my revenue is is this drink right here. And the reason is, is because of the color, because of the brand, I almost developed a brand around a product mm-hmm. instead of developing a, a brand and then developing a product. Okay. So I kind of fell into it.
1: So you... You didn't, did, you didn't even think about the branding you said in the beginning. You more like, I'm going to make tea. Gonna, I latched gonna, on to it. I'm going to make great tea. Yeah. And then you started the brand, started coming naturally.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now, now I had a, an image. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a swan, right? Yeah. Because I had this image of high quality ingredients. And I thought a swan just looks like it is the most posh animal in the world. You know, they're yeah. just moving so gracefully through the water. And they just look like they have their act together. Yeah. They're just such pretty animals. So I thought people are going to look at that swan and think high quality that i didn't know what it was going to become though i i I had no idea i kind of fell into you know i developed maybe the logo but i didn't develop the brand off the bat Mm -hmm. i let i let the product develop the brand that's interesting you said that
1: because i think a lot of people associate especially when they first start out they attribute their logo to like everything they're like mm-hmm. you know the logo is so important it's this it's that but you reference the logo and the brand as separate entities totally yeah so they're related they're related yeah right? but they're
0: not they're not the image
1: because a, lo- a logo a logo i always attribute back to like a trademark or mm-hmm. like a like a like a label of like and originally how it started off was you know the—I forget when it was legalized, trademarks and whatnot in the United States. I can't speak for the world, but the United States—it was really a sign of like they needed to show the consumers where they were buying things from. Trust. Right. So they had to build big trust, trust. trust because other merchants would come in. They would try to rip off you know the local merchants, and we would have
0: international people scooping <laughs> in and like try to take markets from us. That's a big problem with Coke and a lot of the big soda brands. Yeah. People would add like crazy stuff like soda jerks instead of buying the Coke syrup. Yeah. You know?
1: Yep. And then, so that exactly, right? So that brand label, that trademark, that logo really was something that developed through need because there was people coming to market and now consumers are being deceived, thinking they were buying something that was from one brand that they were used to and it wasn't, right? And it was another company. And now there's legality around, okay, you can trademark this logo. You can trademark this saying, right? What is Nike? Just do it. Just do it. Right.
0: It's a great. It's a great thing.
1: So, I don't even know if we're allowed to use that. But and that's that's that goes into legalities and
0: stuff. Nike credit. (laughs) It's not
1: ours. Yeah, you're right. But um, and that's that's IP, right? Intellectual property. Exactly. But all that covers the low, the brand, the logo, the the slogans and whatnot. But the brand itself is like living almost. Would you agree? Yeah. One hundred. I look as branding as like building something. Like that's why I. It's like
0: your personality.
1: That's why I preach personal branding is if you can master personal branding first, going into your business branding mindset, I think it's a lot easier. Because I think the the first and foremost thing that we all have to market is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what you're able to do. This is what you're doing on job interviews when you send in a resume. When yep. you you know, your resume is like your nutrition facts. Yep. right? Like what what if what makes you up? What what has built you up to be who you are today? It's a it's like an emotion almost, not so much thing it's an environment you create yeah so when you're saying about like your logo and then your brand the logo is kind of something that was developed but your brand is something that grew yep how do you see your branding now is there ways that you go about like it's something that you very are aware of now like okay we have a branding aspect we need to make sure we maintain this how do you go about maintaining a brand and building that brand and i'm not talking about the logo and i'm not talking about the the brand book where it's your colors and whatnot yeah I'm talking about the actual idea of like okay I see your tea on the
0: shelf what does that mean Yep yeah so right now I see myself in a transitional period because I was in such a rush to get it on the shelves Yeah right quick to market I was quick to market I did that MVP you know minimal viable product get it on market get it on market It's it's a scary thing though for something like a beverage right Prime for example right Prime went onto the market and with a brand, like right off the bat because he had such a good personal brand. Mm-hmm. Me at the time, nobody knows who I am, right? Yeah. It's different. I don't have a podcast. I wasn't a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I I, don't have a personal brand. So when I develop a product, the product has to start speaking for itself. Mm-hmm. The, the The thing that I fell into is I was underselling myself. So here I was with a swan that's supposed to elegant, you know, make, show quality, right? Here I am with a a beverage that's so unique because not just cause it's purple, because we do have our peach teas and our raspberry. The unique thing about us is go find another tea company or another beverage company that grows their own tea. Like yeah. we grow our own product. We grow the peaches that are in our peach tea. We grow the raspberries that are in our raspberry tea. Even when we can't say if we, you know, once we get the scale, We're going to be, we're right now in a situation where we've scaled past our own farms. So now what we're doing is we're going to local farms in our area, testing like crazy, their peaches, their raspberries, whatever we're putting into it to meet the standards, the high standards. You're not going to find another tea company that's doing what we're doing, right? At least not right now. If, if, if they start doing what we're doing, it's because they're following our lead. Nobody does it because It was always perceived as not being worth it. I need to find a way to put that story into my brand identity because what I, what I did as a mistake, you know, you look on here, there's nothing on my label right now. And this is a regret. There's nothing on my label that says that we grew the peaches in the peach day. There's nothing on the label that says that we grew the butterfly pea flower. That's on our butterfly. You know what I mean? That's in our blue mango. There's nothing on there. Now there's things that I can't grow. Mangoes don't grow here right but i am but what i do is i target small family farms i literally will have them send me fruit and we literally test the fruit to make sure it has the proper fructose level the proper uh ph everything everything has to be perfect we'll have them send us soil samples
1: mm. like that's actually because the ph in the soil right yeah
0: could be because it's so important because i the thing with beverage is i need consistency okay this isn't I'm not a small mom and pop operation, but I'm not quite a, a big corporation. I, I need to start. I I need the consistency in the brand because I need people to trust me, right? But I also need to tell a story better. The label's the only advertisement that I have. The logo's taking up a lot of real estate for that. It has to, because it's my signature. It says this is who we are. But the rest of this bottle has to be a representation of. What is unique about us? Because like you said, it's like, it's like you, it's, it's like your identity. It's a person, it's a living thing. Yeah. Right. But somebody looks at my stuff and they just think I'm another brand. So this is mistakes that I made and I'm learning. Now you're going to see my, my, not my logo necessarily develop, but you're definitely going to see my image develop. Another thing is we use plastic. Now I use a very, very recyclable plastic. Not only that we do mat we we make massive strides in um collecting you know we 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 have our collection stuff on the bottle and stuff like that it'll go to the states um we we we've taken recyclables we've had large companies that have had events and we've actually picked up stuff you know from them and tried to we don't reuse it or nothing but we've we tried to make strides we plant a tree for every online purchase nice yeah like we we are trying to be that we will but with small brands like me, like mine, it's hard because what you wanna be is not quite what you can be. Mm-hmm. Right? There's there's equipment that I need to make it so we're plastic free. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a while. I can't turn it into cans, which would be cheaper because nobody will see my purple. And the purple in this blue mango, like I said, it's like 42%. It's 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 something incredible. It's it goes from like 42 to like 52% throughout the year. Wow. It's 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 an incredible big Why would I give up that branding ability so I have to go to glass? Well, the problem is, is in order to get a certification in glass, it is like tens of thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. like an incredible amount of money. There's such a – in the beverage industry, there's such a wall for the small guy, Mm -hmm. right? And not only that, I've gotten um, approached by a couple big – I can't – I'm not going to mention them because I don't know the legality. All right. But – You're the boss. They have. They have gone up to some of my customers and made them sign non-compete contracts because I've taken market share in South in South Jersey and mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, like the seven states essentially around us, actually eight states around us if you count DC. Um, they've they've attacked me on, on almost every on every level. And imagine what they could what imagine how they would see me though, if I was able to do everything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And develop the kind of brand that i want to build because i don't want to use plastic Mm -hmm. i i want to develop into that company that i foresee i'm just not quite there yet so brand is an ever developing thing
1: yeah i'm glad you said that because i agree i think it's something that's constantly changing and evolving and it's not something that you necessarily you know like you can associate okay this brand's branding is on point right it's very on point it's it's what it should be but that to even maybe the consumer doesn't think about it, but I guarantee on the internal side of that brand and that, that business, they're constantly trying, you know, it's not enough. It's okay, what else can we do? Because mm-hmm. it embodies everything that you do do, right? Like you're talking about where you source your your leaves and your teas and your and all that stuff. That goes into your branding, right? Very it represents much. who you do, what how you do it. And for like us at Village Help Desk, I agree wholeheartedly, like who we work with how we understand, like if we're distributing software, who's developing it, how's it built, why is it built that way, where is it being stored, et cetera. That goes into ultimately what I would consider our brand because we're offering it, so it's what people associate to us. Um, and you're likely the same, but you're saying the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you get fruits from somewhere else, what is the pH level of your dirt? What kind of quality are your fruit? Because ultimately that boils back down into your branding
0: 100%. what you're
1: offering the people, right? That idea, that atmosphere, I like that. I'm like a shield. Yeah. I wish I thought, not thought. I wish I knew that I didn't have to worry so much about the logo and things as much as I had to worry about how people perceive us. Yeah. Right. Because we waste a lot of time with that. Yeah. Because yeah. the logo, like no one actually, in my, you can argue this, but no one actually cares about the logo. Like oh. they, they see it and it's a mark, right? It's typically something that means nothing to someone until they understand the brand behind it.
0: very shitty companies have very good logos
1: right and some very incredible companies have some very shitty logos yeah and and it's i don't think it always correlates hand in hand but i do think there's a maturity that when you get to a point where you're like okay we are in front of x amount of people we are servicing x amount of businesses or end users you know do you want to show up in you know with with uh tattered shoes or do you want to walk in with work boots and get something done where people are like okay that you know some is there something to be said about someone that walks in and they're they're ready you know that's how i look at branding is like is your brand coming in and they're like okay this is mature this is well thought out how they do their processes how they speak their little mannerisms um working in food i think like beforehand working in food with tech and on the floor you know behind that back of house front of house working with management stuff like that uh one of the biggest branding experiences that i had was like working down in the casinos in guy fieri's restaurant right yeah remember like uh from like guys dinner games and stuff yep i mean his branding is just insane like he 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 has slogans that people recognize he has you know his hair that people always talk about his shirts that he wears yep and whether it represents him as a person or not it represents his brand right and when he goes places people expect this from him and his people. I remember so i was you know working in the uh casinos in one of his restaurants and i was actually bartending and we would have to use his slogans we would have to say like you know flavor town or something like that <laughs> and i remember one of the things that i used to say was um so you go through these uh pitches like you actually serve like the executives of like the the uh the casinos and whatnot and they make sure that you're the way your mannerisms are the way you speak to people is how they want represented by their brand is that ever
0: awkward just to oh yell out yeah. flavor towns so <laughs> it becomes like a meme so
1: <laughs> you so you gotta think i'm sitting in front of like everyone's suited up you know what i mean beautiful dresses like everyone's like an executive at this casino we got like this cfo that flew in you know what i mean so yeah. we're serving like eight or twelve of them i forget how many there were but yep in my head I, I gotta go in there and be like welcome to flavor town I, <laughs> I, so
0: you, i was gonna ask how you how you bring it up so i
1: i did feel awkward right i did feel weird at first. and you have to think about how to act it out how to make that brand a reality so what i would do was like i would use it for suggestion. so i would use like the slogans sparingly but i would use them at very critical moments so like if they asked me for example i remember the one woman asked me how how do you think about how do you feel about this dish and they they want a response like that you're educated. They want to know like you know how it's built. You they want to know that you you had know the ingredients and how it's yeah. made. And I went through that little spiel of, you know, you know, this is how we sort where we get this, this is how we do it. And then I, I ended it with, um, you know, if if you're looking for a one-way ticket to Flavortown, this dish is it. <laughs>
0: so that's how I,
1: I used it. That's how I used the Flavortown thing. And there was other ones too where it's like he was just he, it, but it sticks, man. Like yeah. his I was using his slogan and it, it killed, they loved it. Right. Granted, these are people from like the, the business themselves. Yeah. But it carried over. Like when I, when they love that, I got the confidence that like, I didn't care anymore. A random guest, I would use the flavor town stuff all the time. Just randomly flavor Town. Yeah. Yeah. And then people would love it because they, they know, okay, they're eating at his restaurant. They're being served by his people, his food and his brand lives in it. People appreciate that so much when they can resonate with like, an experience and then tie it to your brand. Yeah. That's that, that take home, right? That's, that's that stuff that really like, you know, why do I use this company? Why do I drink this tea? It doesn't always just encapsulate. I like the flavor or, you know, I like the way it looks. Sometimes it's really like, I love what they represent. Yeah. Uh, Like Patagonia is a big one right where like they have great clothing and stuff Mm -hmm. but they have huge missions to like save the earth like their donations and stuff like that so a lot of their followers and fans and and customers you know they've if they didn't love the clothes they've learned to love them because of what it supports and if they love the clothes they've learned to love the mission that it supports because they love the clothes so that's to me what branding is is really like creating this reality that is what is the environment you want people to feel like they're in when they're speaking to you and they're tasting your product or being around you what is the idea that you want an end user or client or customer mm-hmm. to have when they you know open up your their tea right yeah when they click it open and they start sipping it what is behind it like for me drinking your stuff i always say like we're, we live in jersey right We're we're the tomato state we have all these gardens and yeah. farms and all this stuff but I feel like not everything I buy and consume is from around here, which I always wonder, like, why aren't I able to just go get things that are right down the street without going right down the street? Like, why doesn't everyone just sell everything from around here? Yeah. So when I drink your tea, I think about that a lot. Like when you talk about, you know, I use some local farms and I use you know a facility that's you know, 25 minutes from where I live.
0: Well, I have that experience in the farming industry. I mean, that's yeah. That's really where it comes down to.
1: And, I mean, also that it contributed to like that experience, but also you use the local farms, you use people that are around here and you make it around here. Yeah. Right? So that for me, <laughs> when I drink the tea, it's not just that it's good. It's that, you know, one, I, I know you, but I know who you're using, where you're going, like your facility, stuff like that. So it makes a huge difference to me, the products I consume. So I think about branding all the time yep and it, maybe it's because i do that maybe it's because i work in business and like I, I build ideas with people that i think about that but then when i speak to other people too i can like see it in their subconscious that the branding really impacts their experience even if they don't talk about like yep. oh i love their branding like the way they talk about the brand you know what i mean mm-hmm. or like oh their product i love the packaging i love the way you know i love when i call you know their support line they pick up like this yep. i love the the ringback tone or i love like the way that you know you put your logo on there or the stores you that stock you, you know what I mean it's so much more than just your logo or your brand book or, yeah it's really the identity
0: a lot i I was able to get a little bit of a head start too with my company because of my last business, Arbor Foods, mm-hmm. because of the brand that I built there because yeah. it's very unique. The brand that I built with Arbor Foods was almost like rebellion. Okay. It was like it was like uh going against the grain, but it it was not it was just because of my attitude at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh when I came out of the military, I was a little bit fiery. I was like 27, 28, something mm-hmm. like that. I I did 10 years in the military at that point, so whatever that is. And cuz I signed up when I was 17, I still had like this anger and this energy or something about me, and I started a Produce company called Arbor Foods. Mm-hmm. So lettuce, tomato, and onion, mm-hmm. and asparagus. Those four items were all I sold. But asparagus was really important because in New Jersey, it's like a two week season. And in that two week season, um, I was able to sell a case of asparagus for $80 a case. Then after that, other states start producing asparagus. It becomes not worth it. And I literally just stop it. So for two weeks, two, two to four weeks every single year, I would sell asparagus. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would just quit because to me, I, I didn't even want to play any games. Mm-hmm. I just want to get my $80 a case, and I wouldn't even play when I hit like 70 because <laughs> I'm like, nah, I want it all. Mm-hmm. And I had this deal with a farmer where I was paying them 45 bucks. And what happened was $80 a case, somebody got mad in the violent produce auction that I was sneaking in and, and grabbing all these customers from them that they took the price and they lowered it down to $30 a case, purposely losing them money. And they undercut me everywhere and it almost bankrupted me. And I took a $180,000 bank loan and I bought up every tomato I could find in the state of New Jersey. Like every single time I saw a tomato heading into Vineland, which is our main produce hub, them down. I, f- I literally paid my friends like $200 to flag them down. I just have them there all day. If you see a guy coming in with, with produce, off from cash on the spot. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Like, just that's what we're going to do. We went to every farm. Half the time it didn't even get in the truck because I would just drive around the farms and just pop in there. And I ended up raising the New Jersey tomato prices by like six bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks. And they ended up buying my company. But before that, that little tiny window after that, A lot of these small mom and pop shops who have had their own struggles with large brands Mm -hmm. loved me. Mm -hmm. My story went to every single deli, you know, that I dealt with beyond. I mean, people were calling me, they're like, dude, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And the guy who I deal with, I can't say his name again, but um made me sign a non-compete contract after I sold him the company. So I wasn't allowed to deal with produce for five years. Mm. But because I had those relationships with all those delis, when I started charity they're like you're the tomato guy <laughs> right and now I'm the tea guy right yeah. so um i was able to kind of build a personal brand from that going from the tomato guy to the to the you know to the tea guy but what i found was i wasn't really too happy with with myself so that's what that's how we ended up getting here right we started coming to the gym yeah working out trying to build that personal brand um and that's really really helped this along even if this isn't perfect
1: yeah i think per i i preach this um not to use such a strong word but i preach the idea of building a personal brand because well business branding taught me a lot right it really was the reality it was that it was the reality right the the branding was the reality like just like how you said you know, what you did, you you didn't, What you we segued into your story from branding and you didn't talk once about the colors, the logo, what it looked like. You talked entirely about your attitude, how you did things and why you did the legend. And that's branding, yeah. right? And so like personal branding, I, I attribute a lot of my success to how I've been, I've learned to think, control myself, mm-hmm. present myself, speak to people, hold myself in certain environments and, and around certain people. And ultimately, I think they go hand in hand. Now, it's funny how when you meet someone that you know runs a company or had started something from the ground up and they've built a brand from the ground up, mm-hmm. it almost takes on—I'm not going to say almost—it does take on characteristics of that person, right? If you yep. meet someone and how they hold themselves, how they think about things, that carries over directly into how they're building their you know business brand. It's a story you like reading yeah.
0: their story, you like hearing yep. their story.
1: So it's so important to be able to. You know, work on both those things yourself and your business because branding is—we've we've termed it and we've tokenized it into this idea. But the reality is, branding is just the—you know—the what you do, how you do it, why you do it that way, and then how that's presented to people, mm-hmm. right? How is it—is it accessible? Can they can they see what you're doing? Can they see, you know, for you, right? Like, if we didn't get to talk about sourcing locally and you didn't have it on any of your, your logos or anything, mm-hmm. it would otherwise be really hard to find out or know. And the yeah. most average person wouldn't really know that. They wouldn't know, oh, he makes it from the... Like, if I drank it, like, it tastes great. But the average person isn't going to take, let's say, another tea that isn't brewed or, or sourced like that. And that's not what they're going to think about. They're just going to think about, do they like it or they do, do they not like it? Does it taste good or does it not taste good to them? So... It's really important to learn how to express yourself and your personal brand, because once you start branding businesses and once you start, you know, building up businesses, brands, yep. you're going to realize it's very similar. Like, you know, it's very similar. It's just creating the idea of this entity, whether it be you or your company does things this way. And, yep. and that's what people think about.
0: Personal branding and, and telling a story with what little little space you have is the most important thing for a small business yeah. especially because one of the things i'm doing by not having that story somewhere on my label by not representing you know larger that it's a veteran owned company or 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 representing larger you know the the steps that i've got like there's no story on there a lot of times you'll turn a, a label and you'll see oh our story and it'll tell this story it's so important for me, and what I found was I've been playing the game that all the big guys are, and the big guys are just playing this game of put it a product that tastes good with lots of sugar, that it's everywhere, so you have to buy that. Um, they're going to look at my tea, and it's going to be a little bit more expensive for the store owner, and they're playing the price game. I can't beat them on the price game. I need to beat them on the brand game. I need to beat them on the story. On the, on the, what it means to buy my tea over the Snapples, the Pure Leafs, and I'll say them all Snapple, Pure Leaf, Arizona. What is the difference between grabbing my raspberry tea and Pure Leaf's raspberry tea? It's everything because Pure Leaf is owned by one of the largest, I think it's the second largest, right? What, Pepsi? Yeah. Yeah. So it's owned by Pepsi, right? What does Pepsi represent? It's not what Pure Leaf. It's not the perception that purely is. What does Pepsi represent? Pepsi represents, um, what's the word? Man, uh, um, corporate. I mean, it's it's. Look, what I read something and was like, yeah, consumerism, right? Like fifty four percent of of all commerce still to this day is in the United States is run by small business. That's people who are well, more specifically, people not single person businesses businesses that are owned by two to 500 people is like 54% or something of the U S economy. Right. Well, well, small, medium businesses. Let's just cover that real quick. I mean, that, I think a, a small business
1: technically in the United States, if they haven't changed it, is anything doing less than 5 million in revenue?
0: Yeah. 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 There's, there's that too. There's the revenue thing, but I'm just yeah. saying,
1: but people too, it goes two, like from two to like certain amount. Yeah. Yeah. Two,
0: two to, but specifically two to 500, just in the people. Mark. That's what it is for it's, people. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah because you can't really count a one person business I mean, yeah, it's a small business, but there's it's classified a little mm-hmm. bit different. It's basically you're a contractor, right mm-hmm. um I'm classified as a small business, I think yeah. you would be as well, yeah, right um, because we have other people doing other things for us, but yeah, I have payroll and but yeah, you have payroll right, but it's not the same thing like Pepsi hides behind. Pure Leaf, right? Pure Leaf is seen as this like fresh, and I don't mean to target Pure Leaf. It's all of them: Snapple, Dr Pepper, like uh, Pure Leaf, uh, Gold Peak with with Coke, right? They hide behind this because tea is seen as a very clean product. It's seen as a very healthy product. So you never, ever, ever see Pepsi saying we're the suppliers of Pure Leaf because they don't want to do that because they want to give you this image that Pure Leaf is this separate healthy thing you know mm-hmm. often the often the often the you know space somewhere but they are the ones who are getting the checks when you cat like when you buy oh yeah right sure. so their thing yeah, is throw it everywhere and it'll work and their brand is segmented because they know that if most people knew that pepsi was the owner then people would look at pure leaf a little bit different well guess what guys I don't manufacture any kind of soda product. Charity is the brand. Charity is the company. I need to do a better job at representing that story because it's my only competitive advantage. Mm. It's the only thing that Pepsi cannot truly do to me, right? Pepsi could beat me on price. They could undercut me just like the guy did with the tomatoes. Pepsi can beat me on – uh you know marketing they could beat me on they could basically buy the shelves they could force and 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 there was a big company that did this it wasn't pepsi but there was a large tea company that did this to me they forced my customers to not deal with me because i took up 39% of the market share on all tea products so the company that i'm talking about sold five different types of tea i was one of them one of the four companies actually made the company sign a non-compete and threatened to withdraw soda. If he, and, and it wasn't actually the company as a large. It was actually a particular sales rep.
1: But Soda's hard to give up for businesses because the margin's really great. I mean, all hit. it is, is is carbonation, water, and sugar.
0: And the guy apologized to me a bunch, but he said, John, I can't, like, what am I supposed to do? And I said, nothing. Can't do nothing. Yeah. So what I did was, in his skus, I changed up what I sell him, so he's the one customer that buys juice from me. <laughs> um, so I manufacture a separate product for his company. Nice. Yeah, there's ways to get around it, but it just—I cannot compete with these big guys on those levels. I have to compete with the story, with the personal brand, with the the brand image speaking of competing with the big guys i mean technology has always been a disruptor right technology
1: yeah. has always been something where you know in that sense it gives us a different playing field right where we can compete on some stages right mm-hmm. we can compete to this conglomerate brand if we leverage technology and focus in on what matters who your customers are where your customers are yeah and your branding and so you talked about AI before when you were using it for your Why do op-
0: associate that with this topic?
1: Yeah, so you're talking about AI with like your branding and stuff. How do you see the future of your brand leveraging AI? <coughs> and are you using it in any operations yet or Um so um, I mean you, operate, I mean yeah. as in like the actual workflow not just how you're doing your marketing
0: or branding. Are you using it in data or using it in um there's a lack of education on it. I agree. So like bigger brands could probably invest into understanding that kind of education a little bit more. I have a shortage of time. I, I, there's no guidebook. I mean, I mean, Zach, you're much better on AI, write a a book on AI, Yeah. like write something on AI because for, for the small guy, you know, it'd be much easier for me just to be listening to a book on tape on audible or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, to truly understand it because I think that's why I'm only using it for copy. I've tried to use it for photos, and I cannot get it right. Um, my dream scenario would be uh, for product photography. Yeah. Yeah, like if I have this bottle as like just a, a dummy image, and every time I could change the flavor but also the look. Yeah. Like – like, and it would match my vision. It would match the vision of this. There's this – There's a well, there's a bunch of them, um, but there's –
1: a lot of marketing apps right now that what they do is you can make a video of yourself, like pitching something or saying something. And then the AI will copy your voice and then change your lips and actually edit that video. So you can send it out mass market and customize it for everyone in your list. So like you can, you can do, let's say you're selling wholesale tea and you're looking for distributors and you want to send them a video, like talking about your product and stuff you can record, it's about to be wild you can you can record that it is wild you can record that alex mermosi talks about it a lot cuz he said he was he like would post a video and say like this is ai um you can create like a template video right yeah. where it's like you talking and then you mark where and what you want to be replaced with the custom placeholders. So, Like
0: change everyone's name?
1: Correct. So you can be like, hey, this is John. And, you know, I mean, they know who you are if you're sending this. But like, hey, you know, how are you? Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah. And you mark Jimmy to use a placeholder, depending on the app, what the placeholder is, however they coded it. But let's say it's user's name, right? So you would put, hey, and then you would change that to placeholder user's name. And it will use your voice send out these emails with the video attached and everywhere that placeholder is, it'll swap your voice out in that sound clip for the name that is the placeholder.
0: Well, I have to like sit there and just list all the names?
1: So no, so usually it's LinkedIn to, like the ones that I'm thinking about specifically are LinkedIn and integrated with CRMs. So for example, the one is like a video, I'm not going to drop its name because they didn't pay us, but um, <laughs> no, the the we one is, yeah, was, <laughs> well, that, was, that was just a joke.
0: Well, release the name if you pay us. <laughs>
1: But, no, it's going to be in the, the community, though. All yeah. these things we post in the community, all, like, the suggested apps and and what we're studying and what we're doing research on, we post that all in the community. So yeah. anyone that's in our circle can go and say, okay. Because otherwise, I, I don't, like, it's it's not just as easy as jumping in and using it. A lot of these, you have to have some kind of technical prowess or using, like, working with someone to understand, or else you're just going to waste your money, Yeah, from my experience. But, so, like, anyway, back to that, they, you know, you would link it and integrate it with your CRM and you would just basically set up um, an email blast, like a, like a cold email thread or like some kind of email blast. And it takes the data from your CRM and fills the gaps on what your placeholders are. So like you can put, you know, say you mentioned position or job title or location or something like that. You can put that placeholder in and it will mimic your voice to say the text that it reads in that placeholder. So when you put, hey, first name, It'll read, okay, this contact, this CRM contact's name is Jimmy. So in the video, it says, "Hey Jimmy, you know, nice to speak with you again." It's it is wild. It's pretty crazy. So and that's the good side of it. There's bad sides of AI too that I'm going to use. I want to I want to talk about this just so I don't want to scare people, but I want people to think about how it's being used. So people, are using, it's like fishing, fishing, right? So like, yeah, they'll call someone and record a voice and then hang up, and they'll get enough clips of that voice to basically create an AI voice that can call in and trick
0: someone. Hey, you know,
1: Hey, this is blah, blah, blah. This is Jimmy from marketing. And I'm trying to get some assets. And really it's someone else. They do that. They they do
0: that to Joe Rogan all the time. Do they?
1: they? Well, they'll post videos of Joe Rogan talking the songs. Yeah. They make songs, right? I think Aiden Ross just posted about like a song with Drake, or there was a song with him and Drake, and it was AI that made his voice rapping or something like that. And, I say this story and the other story in combination, because when you're thinking about utilizing tools, whether it be AI, whether it be CRMs or any of that, it's really going to be like, you can go the tried and true way, understand how people are using it, but like something with new technology, it's a huge benefit to think outside the box. How can I use this to do this? How can I use that to make this event or make this experience? And I think that's where we can come in and really leverage technology, you know, AI, things like that to compete with the bigger guys because multiplier. they won't have I'm not saying not all of them. I mean, some of them have incredible people on their teams, mm-hmm. but a lot of them have these giant constructs of like, OK, this is what we've been doing. This is how we do it. And they have quotas and policies and things They have to, they they're not as agile. And the bigger companies that are, the companies that are growing now that are getting to that size are growing more agile. So they can make quicker changes. They can make quicker as like, they don't have a problem. Okay, let's incorporate AI and see how it works. Because just like we said with branding, even that, even how you use AI is going to go into your branding, right? Like, so something in the IT field that I'm seeing a lot is a lot of our um, other IT companies, service providers, managed service providers, break and fix, all those things. They're leveraging AI, but they don't know if they should do it externally or internally. Yeah. So like for me, leveraging AI externally goes into your branding, right? So yep. if you're gonna you use an AI to change your voice or change your video or may produce something, that is gonna be how people now look at you and an understanding like, okay, they use AI to do this. Whereas what we're trying to do is use it, we're trying to incorporate it more on the internal side. Yeah. Right? So. There, I will drop this one. Uh, we started working with this open source. Um, it's a new startup. It's called AI Table, and it's an open source project. They posted on GitHub, um, and I, think, I forget how much he raised, um, but he raised some money to build basically a smart sheet or a Airtable that's infused with AI. So it's like an Airtable app but you can create a chat bot that's trained on your data. You can tr- you can create, yeah, and then you can do automations that use AI to like, you know, try to fill in gaps on certain data points. Um, and it's very light, like we're using it very light. We use chat bots that are trained on data. So like, we'll train a chat bot on an account mm-hmm. that you can communicate, so like an agent can communicate, you know, so I'm trying to get away from the whole help desk support board where someone has to search and find an article I'm getting more into like, okay, we'll just train a personal assistant, a virtual assistant chat bot that's trained specifically on these accounts. So say you're an agent and someone calls in, you know, their name comes up on on the screen, you verify that they're the right person, all this (laughs) stuff. And there's gonna be data that you don't know, right? Cause these accounts move, like as an individual agent, you might have everything on the board, but you have to look through and read it to get caught up on what's happening or what had happened. So what we're doing is training the chatbots to at least know specific points. You know, we're working to incorporate ticket data. Mm -hmm. So the chatbots will know previous tickets that have happened because that's a huge important part in tech support, right? Knowing where your issues came up before. And the benefit to this is it's internal, so it doesn't externally affect the brand it internally helps employees and myself right because if i can't remember something instead of looking through all this catalog or looking through these data points in a certain format now i can just talk to a bot and within 3 seconds i ask it a question and it shot fires back like you know when was when was the last time they called you know they called last tuesday at 3pm who was the last person we spoke to it was this person Oh, you know, so they tell you something what was to, discussed. What was discussed? Yeah. What was changed? Change management's huge in tech, right? Yeah. What was changed? Were roles permissions changed? Did someone go into the 0 or yeah, Office 365 tenant and, you know, add a user. What what was changed? Did, did an automation happen and something was changed and the bot is going to be able to be like that personal assistant because what is something that always is bothersome is is getting a hold of someone? Yep. And ultimately when you try to get a hold of someone it's to try to get information or data. So the a i now is all these little you know they don't they don't complain they don't not show up they're built on the servers they're managed on the servers they're yep. they're using our data, so it's literally just a bunch of little intelligences yeah. talking to us about what we need to know, so that's something that we're doing to leverage it, and I think it's just crazy what we're going to be able to do, you know, especially in tech support automating scripts, right you reach out, something's not working. <laughs> The AI is gonna be able to confirm it and
0: they're gonna be able to do phone sales.
1: So there is the chatbots that we build and use yeah. are actually we can link them and it's a voice bot too. So you can actually call them and it can take data. Yep. So like for for you, for example, for Charity, we could set up a voice assistant that someone you could you can give this number out and be like, this is our AI assistant. Whatever you need to tell me, and if you can't get a hold of me, call them, it'll log the data and it'll alert me. You can build the chat bot to, to be either chat or voice. They call in, the voice bot will go through the questions or ask them back and forth. And
0: like real, like, will it sound like a chat bot or it will sound natural or? Well,
1: yeah, it's, it's going to be the, depending on the person, in my opinion. Like I can tell a chat bot or I can tell a voice bot from a mile away, whether it's AI or not. But with AI incorporating that, we're going to be able to get it to sound as human as possible because we can replicate people's voices on the team.
0: Did you ever see the Google one? Which one? So I was watching a video and it actually scared the shit out of me. Um, So I was watching a video and it was all these people and they're they're demoing their own Google chatbot. And what happened was a real phone call went into Google, like a real actual phone call. And they, they were like, all right, this is the one. Turn it on. So as a phone call came in, in the call center, they decided they were going to use this thing as a test. Mm-hmm. And the guy calls up and he wanted to cancel some kind of service. So he calls up. He's like, hey, I'm just calling. I really want to, get, like, I don't know, get rid of my, um, I don't want my company to use Gmail anymore. I, we're going to use something else or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to cancel. And this chat box. Sold him. Sold. It sounded so natural. It sounded like a real person said, you know, was very apologetic. I'm so sorry. What, what seems to be the problem? You know, all yep. that stuff. Right. And then converted him not only to keep the Gmail, but also to add an additional service to fix the problem. And I was like watching this video, like, what am I seeing right now? Because I was listening to it and I was thinking, that sounds like a person. Yeah. And it took me about 20, like I was watching this. The, the, the video was like 15, 20 minutes long. I got to like where there was like five seconds or something left. And I paused it and I went, and I went down to the title and I realized that was AI.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I'm 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 trying to pull up Ah, uh, here it is.
0: Yeah, maybe we could pull it up for I'm, the. Uh, I'm trying to
1: pull up. So this is a. Um, let's see what they play here. Hold we up. have to use our TV. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. No
0: worries. I hate calls out of the blue too, but I'm actually from Apple, and I saw you were checking out Vision Pro. We're about to pre-order, but left the page. Yeah, yeah I don't. I'm just curious what had you looking into potentially. Okay, I can respect that. Can I just ask one question before you go? Uh, shoot, with that. Why did you?
1: Well, why did you decide not to pre-order the Vision Pros? I saw you changed your mind last minute.
0: Because they are crazy expensive. I'm <laughs> get the Meta Quest instead. Literally laughed. I get it. He went, <laughs> and
1: you, so the AI is the British guy. Yeah. And you hear like he like he even like he like uh he even has like his normal human. Yeah. Natural Mission language, pro, NLP. So, this is Air AI, and I'm not, ai don't, neither of us are affiliated with them. I, I just constantly see their Instagram ads. So, shout out to your marketing team for hitting me every single day with those ads. Yes, get it. Um, but Air AI we'll is, into it. Is, is that is that AI that, so that was a call of a user. I don't know if that was an outbound call or inbound call, but you can do either or. And, the, and he just, the AI calls him, tries to figure out the problem. And then sells him.
0: And. Is it illegal to make them do cold calls? Um, like I'm wondering that because. If so. No, cold, there's a lot of legality
1: around cold calls in general. Yeah. And cold, te- text, mess- cold text messaging is even more strict. But with AI. I feel like. So it's there's a volume gonna be, Yeah. There's going to be. There's going to be a lot of things. AI is like that new wild, wild west. Just like. You get to feel like when payment cards became a thing, right? Like when electronic payments became a thing, there was a lot of Wild Wild West stuff going on because there wasn't, I mean, data, think of data. Look at how much has been coming down on like Facebook, Instagram, social media, TikToks, things like that, that before, you know, in 1960, 1970, 1980, we didn't have these rules or regulations because we didn't need them. Yeah. So like when someone comes out with this new technology or new thing, it's always the Wild Wild West. Yeah. Because people take it and run. They run with it as far as they can, yeah. as they should. It's technology, right? This is where those advantages come into play. Is there malicious intent behind all of it? Not all of it, but I think there is some behind all some of it. Because you got to remember, yep. like, crypto is so w- a
0: wild, wild west right now.
1: Oh, absolutely, because there's no regulation. No regulation, but there, it's being regu- regulated. Yep. That's why it's, you're starting to see it incorporate more into everyday life. Mm-hmm. You're going to see. I mean, there's there's countries already using it as their mainstay, main. You know um the currency, I think it's gonna stay just because I know the technology behind it. Yeah. And I know the technology behind what we use for our dollar and our payment card industry. And in my opinion, it's archaic. We use archaic tech I mean you know, like when you go to the doctor right today, say you were going to get a surgery today. Yeah. Do you want him to pull out the tools that they used in nineteen fifty? No, of course not. Absolutely not. You want him to have the newest technology. What what can you do the best? Blah blah blah. It's the same kind of idea. Like there's we're using a, a, a monetary system that has been built with archaic technology in comparison to where we're at today. So just inherently, it has to be either grown, like changed or modified, or replaced by a newer system. Now, I'm not saying every new system that comes out is better. There's older systems that work perfectly fine, Yeah. but with money, and it, it's, money's always been a construct, right? And we were building money on this physical infrastructure right it was backed by gold we had the us dollar things like that now you know there's really no physical backing that's why i think bitcoin will be like the quote unquote new gold because it's this digital structure that has a a ledger behind it already right there's decentralized we love data yeah as humans all we trade is data right because when you go spend like if i were to go on your website and order tea, yes i don't give you cash i give you a digital currency that's from my bank sent to your bank digitally right i probably use a payment card there's going to be fees taken out all this other stuff but ultimately we're already on a digital ledger but we're using the system that was built for physical currency that had that had been taken over with the payment card industry so they started building these networks right so these and and this is why our achs take as long as they do these this is why you know we're used to certain things because we're used to the swift network we're used to how these banks work yeah and the digital atmosphere that they've built but now like with crypto you can send a million dollars for less than a penny across the earth for like i said a mil- less than a penny if you were to transfer a million dollars like ach transfer a million dollars i mean you're waiting you're you're there's there's all these systems that it has to go through exchanges etc that bitcoin that digital currency too there's no exchange right unless you're trading coin for coin right you're just if you're just using bitcoin if everyone used bitcoin now we have a technology and a currency that you can use at any place on earth yep and i know we segwayed a lot from like ai and stuff but you know th- i think ai is going to be incorporated in our financial systems it's going to be incorporated in all of our systems it's going to be it's it's going to be and eventually it's going to be gi general intelligence which will be eventually it's going to, right now it's artificial intelligence because that's how we market it. That's how we talk about it. Before, before all this, it was called machine learning, right? Yeah. Machine learning has been around for a long time. You yep. know, there's, there's been AIs used internally and in organizations. You know, Microsoft has been working on machine learning algorithms for since the 70s, 80s, 60s, I would even argue, but definitely since the 70s and 80s. So, you know, it's a fun fact, actually. The, uh, you know, the, you remember in school, the little parrot that used to open up on the... Yeah. Uh, you remember that? Yeah. So that was actually built by an engineer and he tied it to their data and he used it as a personal assistant. So he incorporated machine learning in yeah. that and internally they would actually use that to communicate with data. Wow. So that engineer that built that app actually would use that app to get info from his database in an easier way. Like he didn't want to search you know, the databases with SQL or whatever. So and of he course use, he made it a parrot. So he would, you, you could change it too. I think there was like a, um there was like an old Wasn't professor. Was there like a monkey? There was a monkey. There was a yeah. professor. We would always use it to like say things out loud in class that yep. we could have been saying. Yeah, And, but like that was, that was ultimately tied to machine learning at one point because the whole idea of a computer personal assistant has always been not only, I think, a fantasy for high level techs, yeah. but also a reality of like, We are, you know, the podcast that just came in here before Steve, uh, a bodybuilder that was on there, was talking about how he works out alone and does a lot of things alone. You know, that whole idea of having an ability to have an assistant with you at all times, even when you're alone, I think is just so, like, everyone thinks they they would benefit from that. Yeah, you work on your own schedule. Yeah, you you have someone that's always, well, not someone, but you have something that's always there that can answer questions, that can get you things you need for data-wise, right? robotics you familiar with robotics at all uh no so like robot like Boston Dynamics and things like oh, that yeah they're building like the the humanoid robotics they're a huge military
0: contractor and that no.
1: <laughs> so now you take AI and put it in a humanoid robotic you have soldiers you have and they don't Ooh. they don't need to know anything else Ooh. right imagine if you had That's terrifying actually. an army of soldiers that was just trained on the information of the elite of elite of the SEALs, the the Green Beret. Imagine having a, a database that has everything that you've ever taught, Green Beret, SEALs, every special ops team that you can think of, and then all the other warfare operations of other worlds and countries. And now you put it into a database that can query it and act on it and has humanoid ability. It can pick up things, it can throw things, it can jump. But here's the thing, right? You're saying, okay, that's scary, that's things. Well, because you don't have the battery power to make this a reality in in perpetuity. So like humans, we're the most fascinating machine there is. We're organic. We can literally eat things. We can kill an animal and eat it, and we have more energy. Robots don't work like that. They need power, and they need batteries. And our battery power isn't at that level. If we, I don't think people should be scared of AI. I think people should be scared of a battery that never dies, because if you have a battery that never dies, you have computers that will always run. But that's the thing, like our computer system, all that it all relies on electric. AI, we can only query these things. It takes immense amount of power to query and run AI algorithms. So like, I got the S twenty four, uh, the new Galaxy, uh, the new Galaxy uh, Android phone. Yep and it has AI built into it. And I had to get it because it's a flagship because the AI exists without the internet. So the power, that, wow. the power that we can put on the phone, right? The battery, the CPU, the processing power is strong enough to run a full language model just on the device. Now we're getting into, that's what it takes. That when we're getting, if we want a shit ton of power, we need more energy to run these computers. So, AI is going to keep evolving, but, like, the AI humanoids and stuff, we're so far from, like, Terminator, where, like, they're perpetually running. You know what I mean? Because Terminator, he doesn't... You never see... In the movie Terminator, they don't show him sitting down and plugging into a wall. (laughs) No, no. That would be boring. It'd be really boring. Yeah. But that's the reality where we're at now. And... You know, I think we segued a lot from what we were talking about, but that goes to like, you will start to see businesses that come up that are one person and 40 AI personalities. Yeah. And that's going to go into your branding. Like people are going to know, like that's the bot company. That's the AI. That's when you call their, so it doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. If, even if you're the tea company, oh, that's the company that's ran by bots. Right. That's going to be something that, so I, I just think I, it's funny because branding is so heavily, we're so heavily indebted to branding. That no matter what we do, we have to think about all our actions because it does re- go all the way down to our brand, whether it be personal
0: or business. I think that my brand has to not be the company run by bots now. You know what I mean? Like, because I focus on the farmer and that stuff. Yeah. My, like, tea is such a human experience. I feel like I have to be the tea that's made by humans. I love that. That but that like, crafted by humans. That's going to be a thing. Like you're going to be that's going to be a it, luxury it,
1: it might not be right now but one day people are going to look at that like oh well this place creates a lot of jobs They talk this about place germany this place well you know back hand, to you said crafting yeah well yeah, yeah 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 germany is some of the best engineers
0: crafted is a buzzword yeah. at this point oh 100% yeah you know what i mean you, you said farming though farming actually uses a lot of technology i know and, yeah. and to be honest it's going to be one of the first but, first industries to be completely i mean honestly there's so much farming technology, automated, automated harvesting and stuff. But that is, is that paint. not, so here's my argument to that.
1: It's more beneficial. I think it's a beneficial because we are growing, we have so many people now and not and so many opportunities like the people can be an influencer, they can be this, they can yeah. be that, they can make a living doing stuff that, and that really contributes zero to society besides yeah. entertainment. So, farming obviously is our cornerstone of how we survive. It's very labor
0: intensive and very so, so labor intensive. So People stuff.
1: don't want to do that. Yeah. And also, it's very knowledge based and not easy to be able to produce food for enough people in your area. It's not easy. If you have one or two farmers and no one wants to work with you, how can you maintain the field that well to produce enough food to one, make a living, yep, to feed the people around you, right? Like so the AI and the technology that's going to farming I think are really going to change. I think we're going to be able to see more affordable food, more access access to food, more but, abundant food. But then again, cuz AI relies on data, right? Mm-hmm. And like I think one day we're going to be able to teleport cuz I think what's going to happen is it's going to actually de- dematerialize us and it's going to reconstitute us. Whatever the teleportation thing is, I think it's going to actually break down all of our molecules and then reconstitute us. But you got to think we're at such a granular level with how trillions and trillions of cells we have. It yep. would, it, the processing power would have to be so insane and so much energy would be taken. But theoretically, it's possible. Yeah. Right? Because the, the, the 3D printer. And I say that because with on the realm of where we are with technology, I don't know if you've seen, but like 3D printing meat. Have you seen that? No. So they're 3D printing meat where basically they take an, like a, a cell from a piece of cow, right, or yeah. a piece of meat.
0: Oh, that's what you and meant. Then, yeah.
1: And then they, and then they put it in a peachy dr- dish, a petri dish, add some molecules and other hormones or whatever to it, and then they start like layering these like cells on top of each other, like almost printing them until the cells form into a piece of meat that's like congealed. Right, so the meat starts becoming like, like, like fibrous, and the cells start laying on top, just like how our meat works, right? Our body and, and animals I don't trust that. That's what I'm saying. So, like, at what stage, I do think technology and AI is going to be great for our farming and our all that. But at what stage does it become too much? Yeah, like you shouldn't be replicating
0: food. I just don't trust. I mean, the thing is, is I just don't think I trust people enough to make me meat.
1: And that's so that I don't trust the
0: computer enough to do it.
1: I that's I love that you said that because I don't think it's right. Not because I I think we could probably honestly produce meat that would probably impact us the same way that a real cow would. Sure. I do believe that. Yeah. But I don't believe our standards (laughs) for operational capacity in most businesses would produce that high enough quality or care enough they would think Mm, more about making the money and the profit because ultimately like there's a lot of things that could be done more healthier or or better or more beneficial but they ruined
0: all the food in america with with greed with
1: greed yeah right greed and the innovation the innovation of technology we're like okay we can now we can make x amount of money on bananas and we can make x amount of money on this it's yeah
0: it's not real
1: it it changes the conditions right now we have animals in these slave camps right these yeah. animals are being prodded and put in these little small containers like they're living in shit, and so they're living brand has
0: to be a brand of good
1: well that goes into your brand right it so does like, very much like i think of when i food shop i look at brands because i i associate and you study trust. well one i study where they come from mm-hmm. right you know a lot of big a lot of like if you go to you know whole foods is a little bit more they try to buy healthier brands and yep. like Sprouts goes for organic brands. So if you go to these places,
0: Sprouts is very strict. They they wouldn't take one of my products because it had, it had something that was unverified in it. And, and it wasn't even like, it wasn't unverified. It just, I didn't have paperwork. Mm. Like Sprouts was very strict. Yeah. So I have to like re, I basically had to get this farmer a certification in order for me to be allowed to go into Sprouts. Yeah. So I'm still working on that. The farmer doesn't want to do it, and he's probably going to lose Mm. income because of it because Sprouts is strict. So Sprouts, like, if you go there and look at their meat and stuff, a
1: lot of the brands that they carry will give you sources of, like, okay, this is our farm. I like that. Or, like, I remember there was one product. I don't remember the name, but they had a QR code on it, and when you scan it, it takes you to a website that actually has tours of their farms. That is cool. Oh, it was the cool. For me, like, I was so impressed by that. that. That brand became really prominent in my shopping experience because i felt like they were transparent
0: i need to put that in my website somehow
1: yeah so we're gonna we should do that video and then use we can host the video and have like videos where you go to websites a landing page it's like you talking about your brand and stuff and that's kind of stuff when i like that goes into branding right it's not really like i think when i first started thinking about branding i would sit down and just get so confused and the reality is it's so simple. It's just represent yourself, represent what you're doing uh, or re- like how you want it to be presented and what you want people to know and put it out there. So like yep. you, that would be huge, right? Like, cause you're a local farmer, I'll and take stuff.
0: them to the farms. I'll take them to the orchard.
1: And you can do that with technology without yeah. taking them there. You can make video. So there's this guy that we work with. Um, his name's Dave and he's a-, a fire investigator or fire inspector. He does a lot of stuff. He's really impressive. He's a retired uh, state trooper, I believe, or a retired cop. Yeah. And he owns... um one of the largest um evidence Picture. warehouses in pa and he uses this technology called matterport and it's like a 3d uh you can take 3d renditions so like you can take the pictures that way. you can walk through a building basically yeah it's it's really good in real estate as well because you can take you can use this i've matterport. used it in real estate yeah. yeah you can use it the matterport and literally get a 3d rendition and have someone like walk through the house but he uses that for like his lab and stuff so like uh we just build them a website on the website we have a call to action that says you know explore our lab or explore our our thing and you click it and it literally takes you to a space where you can walk around the lab and see it that's super cool and it's i love it because it's just a different experience right it's it's it brings the real world into this digital environment which ultimately if you have a marketing website that's what it's for right it's supposed to help say tell people your brand explain to where like yep. you have things. So that'd be an awesome idea actually. Whether like people
0: use it or not, just the idea that you're willing to let that level of transparency probably really helps your brand.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, one, too, I think it's a mindset thing, like when you have that mindset of like being transparent and putting things out
0: on the table like that, I think people yeah. just know. I think it's very important. They just to... know, they just it's, know. It's another miss by me. Yeah. Cause I think it's very important for food. It's very important for the story. Um I definitely, you know, I do consider myself a decent brander. Um decent at, at developing a brand, but I'm definitely not perfect. There's there's things that 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 I'm missing here. Well, you'll meet people that are like so meticulous, like mm-hmm. I love branding. Yeah.
1: But it's not my strongest. There's dude. like Nick Borelli from new wave, right? Yeah. He has, he works in marketing a lot. So he has this like marketing consultancy and he has like, I think there's a few people that work in the consultancy as specifically like a branding person. Yep. And if you sit down with someone that, cause I do a lot of different things, right? Branding is something that I is near and dear to my heart, but obviously I'm a tech and I do other techie stuff too. So I can get really granular when it comes to talking about branding and marketing, but like, when you sit down, to like with one of his consultants that is like branding specifically, yep. how deep they go is like you know what I mean. Like let's say we were talking about branding the show, like well, you know, sit this way, talk that way, like everything, how you present yourself. Yeah, they um, like I always everything matters. Like for me, yeah, someone comes and needs a website, right? Yeah, do you have a brand book? Do you have your logo set up? Like, do I know what colors that you need to use? Because certain things do go well together, and some things clash really horribly. So the branding guys they're so like you even that's why it's always good to like at least sit and talk with people because me and you could BS for a long time about branding but someone that does it every single day they're like you know your label should be off-centered by quarter of an inch because when someone grabs it or take a picture with it it looks like this. Yep. They think of every single little thing how your your product might be presented, how people will talk about you. PR is another big one, personal relations. Yeah. And that's different too from it's part of branding, yep. but it's different too. That's like the how people are speaking about you and, and what people who who is talking what about you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so fascinating. And something that, you know, back to AI and branding, you know, imagine there's already apps out there and tools out there to track who's talking about you on the digital realm. Yeah. But AI like we have one that's of the super cool the chatbot actually that we have we can actually build one for social as well that will comment back that so like if someone comments on your post it'll it'll write a comment back yeah, I didn't tell you about that I should have told you about this Because um, we haven't been like producing them a lot but maybe we'll build one for you to like see so we can build um a social media bot where it'll moderate your ta- your your uh comments yeah it'll message back if someone messages you and then if someone comments it'll be it'll say. A comment back that makes sense. Like, if someone's like, Oh, I love your tea, the bot would read it and then produce a, uh, a GPT answer. Yeah. And be like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, like and comment. You know what I mean? Or, like, go make sure to follow us on this. Yeah. It's pretty crazy.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome.
1: I think AI is going to affect, like, so social media multiplier. For small, like, yeah. So, when it comes to text, I think AI is going to play a large part. Like, because I think the reality is most people won't know the difference between texting a robot and texting a human. They'll know talking and they'll know seeing, but they won't know a huge difference in a comment because most comments are pretty, like, empty anyway. Like, most aren't really – most aren't heartfelt. Most aren't emotional. And robots aren't good at being emotional. A message is better, yeah. They're great at being logical. So, like, if someone's like, hey, I love this, it's great at being like, hey, you know, go do this or go do this.
0: Well, you said something that it's artificial intelligence now. It's going to be general intelligence later. Yeah, I think so. So I so a, a question on that. Does that mean it's going to be able to create art? Like it's going to be creative? Like you said, it doesn't know how. It's good at being logical. Is general intelligence – are we going to be able to teach a computer to use an opinion So that it developed through logic? So this is where – that's it's the a, scary. A, that's a really good question. That's a scary part that's to really me because, question. because what I'm looking at is if the, if, if they use the logic that we give them to form an opinion about humans, you know how like humans could be flawed. They could be racist. They could be sexist. They could be whatever. If we allow a computer or like a system, <laughs>
1: that's Google listening.
0: Yeah. See, Google's trying that's to AI. It. See, yeah,
1: it's, it's, but if if doesn't need to understand that if
0: if we teach it logic just like we would a, a a kid right so with my daughter or my son i teach them things to be a better human but throughout that they're also going to develop their own opinion mm-hmm. that's why i say if i was a conservative my wife was a conservative my daughter might grow up as a liberal you know i'm not getting political i'm just giving a a, a different example could a computer take the logic that i feed them and form an opinion or be creative enough to respond to a comment?
1: So this is a really good question. It's it's in depth. That's um, the scary part. So yeah. intelligence, my definition of intelligence is how much and how quick someone is able to catch on to something, right? So like, if you give me someone and you know they they do something for the first time and mess up right but the second time i give them a little bit of a pep talk and talk to them and they start getting better and better to me this is an intelligent person right they can they can grasp on the knowledge and they can utilize it so i look at like artificial intelligence general intelligence intelligence in general is just that to me right Mm -hmm. how fast can you grab onto something so artificial intelligence is technically like a marketing branding term right it's what they're calling it uh it doesn't really mean anything in the technical sense of it. It's just we know it to be what it is. So when I say general intelligence, I think it's almost like what we have with humans, right? If you take a human and put them in one school district, yeah. they'll learn things a specific way. Of course. Just like how you are explaining. If you starve someone from information, they'll never know this. They'll never be yeah. able to come to the association of like so all their – and this is something that's incredible about the the mechanics of a human. I ultimately I, – we're robots, right? We're organic robots. Yes. So, but yet we, we have, have emotions. We have this magical thing, right, that gives us, like, emotion. We have something that, like, almost, like, unexplainable. There's so many things we can't explain about our brain. But we can come to ideas. There's things that come to us that we just can't explain. Like, oh, here's this crazy idea. Or like, <clears throat> and robots can't do that, right? Robots can't ever come to a point where they create a reality. But... General intelligence will be when there's more data in their database and they're it's quicker to answer. So I think we even have a general intelligence level. And that's what our like in America, let's say in America, or let's say just, yeah, let's say America. Let's say our general intelligence level is our baseline of our public education system. Yeah. Because, you know, typically this is we put our kids in public schools or schools, however you go to. And they teach a base curriculum of what they think you need to know or what they say ultimately we all think we need to know to survive, right? You need to know these mathematics. You need to know these languages. You need to know these sciences. You need to know this, a base level of all of it. So we have a level of general intelligence. Books, literature, these are all where we get our data. Each other, right? Our memory is not great, so literature is really big. When I say general intelligence for computers, it's a point where we have the technology to compute at a higher rate. So like pull the data faster and get to an idea faster, mm-hmm. but also we're still ba- building this database. So <clears throat> we use chat, mo- like when you use a GPT, for example, mm-hmm. you're using something that's trained on data by a company. So yes. general intelligence for me is like when you get to a conglomerate that has so much data on everything, it can assimilate it can assimilate answers faster at a more broad acceptable rate. Does that make sense? Okay. So like right now Elon Musk is you know what Grok is? Yeah. Grok is the AI. So like Elon Musk is building Grok into into Twitter. Yep. If you ask Grok a question, it'll reference Twitter's data. Since Twitter is such a largely social it's a social platform. I would say there's a level of general intelligence on Twitter where like, you know what I mean? Like think of a, a, a group of people, like if you follow this influencer, they think this thing and their followers think the same thing. Yeah. Because they believe them. Right. So social media has a general level of an intelligence. People know certain influencers, et cetera. Now imagine if Twitter X was something that every single person on the world used. Yep. that. That AI, in my opinion, would be a general intelligence because if you asked it something, it's taking in the opinion or at least the data of every other person that uses that platform. So I think it's going to be eventually a general intelligence because there's going to be so much widespread use of it that it's pulling in data from so many sources. So that to me is one of this. like what if we do train it on every single thing we can and it holds all of our data and these chat, like these chat models, are trained on every single thing we do, I would consider that a general intelligence because now it's quick to know what we're talking about. Like the only reality we have is what we're experiencing. So it'll be trained on the most current things that all of us humans are talking about. Yeah. It'll be trained on on what we think is reality, right? And what we do day exactly. to day. So that is the realm of general intelligence that I think we'll get to. And I think did we talk about job? I do think it'll take jobs. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, but I think it'll leave room to upskill us. Like, I think we need to keep growing. And, like, for yeah. example, do you think there's anyone that should... Like, humans are so capable. So, so capable. Yeah. There should be knowing no one that just sits and stares at a wall and just does one thing over and over again 40 hours a week. But yet... Yeah. There's people that do that. And we've grown to have... A level of intelligence where people don't want to aspire to be more than that so there's a level of general intelligence at a human level too that like okay we don't need to know more than this we're surviving like we're just doing this over and over again yes and then they're kind of susceptible to the overall constructs of how bigger business does things right because now they're they don't really like if, if i get in, so, sit and talk to a scientist right someone that's very experienced in a bunch of different things maybe ran his own business and stuff their outlook on the world is so much different than the person that just goes forty hours a week and stares at the wall yes. and caps this or or rings this. you know what I mean so I think it'll take a lot of that job opportunity away and yes. it'll force us to upskill i
0: i think I think that we're going to be surprised on how much it actually takes I fear yeah, that I, I think so but the 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 other thing too. Back to kind of people's fear, and I've heard this from other people, but I heard actually somebody say this before and I I thought about it and it did freak me out. Cause it was after I explained what you explained to me that essentially, no, it's just taking data. Somebody said, Well, where's the data coming from? So one of one of my fears is you said that they're building artificial soldiers or whatever at, you know, they're building essentially robots yep. with AI. Okay. What happens? When the knowledge that they're fed is malicious. Malicious. Yeah. And like what if it's it becomes the rule of the majority? And I'm I'm not look, democracy's good, but there are people of different beliefs who just want to live their lives, right? What happens when somebody takes it over and says, Hey, um, everyone everyone who's a Christian is bad? that's a that's terrifying
1: this actually happened the chat gpt um there was a lot of outbreak of like people trying to get it to because i'll go back to your original question to answer this in in longevity you said something about like do you think ai is going to be able to produce art and things like that yeah i don't think it'll ever produce art at the same level as humans at the same generation so i think if you were to look at ai's art in 10 years and look at artists like twenty years previous; it would probably be comparable or better. But I don't ever think if you take an AI and an artist in the same generation, the same year, it would outperform the artist because there's just something different about human mind and human thought process. That like, like I've I've seen things that in my like in my head that I don't know if they're real or not, and that's to make me sound a little crazy. But you know what I'm saying is like I'm a dreamer, so I think I think of things that. I try to think of things that seem outlandish because I want to obtain things that are outlandish, of course, so that is something that I think is unique to humans. like we can't like no monkey is swinging around the trees being like, "What if we planted a million banana trees in one square mile? No monkey is thinking that,
0: no armadillo. you not seen planted the apes. <laughs>
1: let's do, yeah, maybe those monkeys are thinking yeah, about, those but, monkeys
0: <laughs> are definitely like, thinking when it. I go home and oh, see, <laughs> when I
1: go home and see my dog, my dog didn't wasn't sitting at home like thinking about how to build a house. My dog was sitting at home probably just running around or thinking about when someone's gonna be, you know what I mean? Like as humans, we have this crazy ability to sit and dream and think of things that are like outlandish. And I don't, like the only thing robots can really think of is what we feed it, right? And this is why I said that, because it leads up to what you were talking about. So ultimately, yeah, I think that There's going to be a point where, well, one, segmentation is going to be huge again. So I think we're going to break out into smaller groups again, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be tech-based. So like right now, everyone uses like Amazon Web Services, Azure, things like that. And a lot of this data is being stored in these servers and other companies' servers. Like if you use ChatGPT, that's going all on their computers. Yes. I think they use AWS and some other cloud providers, but I'm pretty sure at this point, they should be building their own servers, and they probably would have been for a while now. So their data is being stored on their physical machines. Anything that happens on a computer is physically happening somewhere in a machine. So yeah, there is that case where you know, once we, like quantum computing in the home, for example, if we ever get to the point where quantum computing is a reality for every household, we're gonna see AIs being sprouted with all kinds of different motives, just like people. And it's gonna replicate the data that people give it. So if you have a guy in your neighborhood that's a little nuts, and he starts building, he has a quantum computer and he starts building robotics and starts downloading that AI onto that computer, he could produce, you know, just like how he could be- Terminator? Yeah, just like how that person could be that thing, he can now produce a robot that could be that thing. So there's gonna be a lot of regulation put in place on like how we're training AI, how, what we're able to use, like, you know, maybe one day you might not be allowed to, you train AI on warfare. And if you are found out, if people find out that you're training your AI on warfare. The three laws of robotics or what, remember from iRobot? That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to need to come into play and say, okay, this is what you can and can't do. And you're always going to get people that push the button. like Just like uh, nuclear warfare, right? They told, the UN told all the nations that we're not allowed to study nuclear warfare anymore. They're not allowed to put money into nuclear warfare. And then you had other countries continuing to put money into nuclear warfare. They're not using it, they're building, they're they're using the R and D and they're building tools that could cause the world destruction. Yeah, it's the same idea. They're gonna put things in place where like, okay, d- don't train your AIs on this, don't train your eyes on that. But we all know that's not gonna be the case. There's gonna be nations training warriors that are robots. There's nation. there's gonna be groups, right? Renegade groups, militia groups that are training robotics in the middle of the woods to do certain things. And that's going to be something we have to think about.
0: I I just don't think that humans understand it as much as they think that they do. Like like so I so I I know you have a different opinion. No, I I have the same opinion. But I'll go ahead. But so like you said earlier that monkeys can't do this. You know, and, and animals don't think that way. Um, I heard a story. I this is going to sound off topic, but there is a point. There was a story, you know, like um, in South Africa where those um, sharks will jump out of the water and catch a seal and land, and people will go there with boats with like seal silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, like a year or two ago, they realized that all the sharks were gone. They were like, what the hell happened to all the sharks? What the hell happened? So they did it a little, th- and it, they couldn't find them anywhere. And they ended up finding them miles and miles and miles away where the Indian Ocean and the Ad- uh, Atlantic Ocean meet. On the other side, because it's a different, um, it's different salt and stuff. They went on there to retreat from the area. The reason is because orcas taught themselves how to hunt sharks, flip them over and take just their livers out. Wow. Like literally dissect them. They have a method where they surround the shark, the shark panics. One will hit the shark from upside, flipping them. And then they squeeze the liver out. Like it's a, like it's a tube of toothpaste and they'll just leave the shark. Wow. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. And then the orcas started teaching other groups of orcas how to hunt like this. And then they were like, okay, so obviously we just did not know how smart whales were.
1: Well, orcas, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So that's really fascinating. There was something else that I found that was fascinating with orcas and like dolphins is like they communicate through wave. But it's, that's really, so we communicate online through radio mm-hmm. waves. Yeah, They communicate underwater. Through frequency waves. Yes. Which is the same exact thing. Radio waves are frequency waves. Like when you if you were to study networking, when you display a Wi-Fi SSID, which is the name of a Wi-Fi, yeah. what you're doing is naming a frequency that's being put out by this device. Yeah. So like when you connect to Wi-Fi, you're usually connecting to 2.4 gigahertz or five gigahertz. And this is the frequency, but it's all frequency. And I was reading about Orcas and other whales, and like I think Dolphins is like a family member they communicate under the water like they like can consum- like emit like sonar almost, yeah where they can communicate for miles with each other so they can like send out this beacon almost of like the same kind of way we do with the internet mm-hmm. and i i learned this through i think a documentary that they were talking about dolphins that were being like captured and like put into like the sea worlds and stuff and they start like when they would capture them they would communicate and try to call out for their family members and they were able to call them, like, miles and miles away. So when they would catch, like, a baby, the mom sometimes or the family would come yeah. from, like, they wouldn't even see them. And they would start swimming towards them. As fast as they because, can. Yeah, as fast as they can because they can hear it, I guess.
0: But it, it took us so long. They know so
1: much. They, they do, do. They do so much.
0: It took us so long. It took us till like, 2021.
1: I, I think I think to, you're
0: right. I think To, figure, to figure that out. Yeah. And AI is so much newer. So, so like i feel like we're going to be in a situation where there has to be a limit or something and we're not going to know the limit yet oh yeah and then we're going to cross the line and you're going to see so many problems and yes it's 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 definitely and i know that we're kind of talking more uh, about ai on a technical basis and not as much as a, of a business basis but i think it it really well business is innovation it's business a, is. it's a tool that's going to get out of hand most i mean business it's a tool that I think is going to get away from us.
1: I always say that the disparity and the difference between the top of tech and the bottom of tech is way larger than the disparity of the top of wealth and the bottom of wealth. What I mean by that is, there's people 3D printing organs, yeah. and then there's other people that don't know how to send a text message. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's just you know there's the ultra rich and then the ultra poor. But I don't think anything can compare to, you know, replicating organs to save someone's life and then someone not even understanding how to message someone from a phone. That difference is crazy. So I agree. I do think we're going to get to a stage where, you know, there's going to be a lot. It's already happening right now where there's a large population of people that don't understand it and a large population of people, a smaller population of people that do understand it. And it's, they're able to create such waves. I mean, ChatGPT became overnight one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Right now they're, now they're part owned by Microsoft. And yeah. you know what I mean? And, and Microsoft is incorporating that technology into their whole infrastructure. So like, I can go and talk to Copilot, which is Microsoft's AI, and it scans all of our SharePoints, it scans all of our data. If I am on Edge, like the browser, and I type in the search bar, A, my Copilot will pop up on the side of the screen And, and while it gives me the search results, it'll also talk to me about what it found. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's useful. It's very useful. I use AI every single day, all day, not because I'm not using AI. I'm it's there in all my other technology.
0: Yeah. I I plan on using it. I want to learn about it. I want to use it. It just, I definitely on the back of my mind always have that thought in my head. am, Am I aiding something? But at the same time, I'm like,
1: you should be aware. I mean, you should think about that no matter what service you use, yeah. right? Like, Elon I think, Musk
0: is terrified of it. Yeah, He talks about it all the time.
1: Well, I think because he understands how it works and something that I feel like maybe he, I mean, he definitely understands this as but well. He's oh, but he's
0: developing it at the same time. Well, yeah, but
1: mind. it's not about the AI itself. It's about the effect on people in general. Like you got to think there's going to be a lot of people out there like that don't understand it and never understand it. It's going to change their life and it's going to change the way we live. Like those people, they're, like I said, it's going to give us the opportunity to upskill. There's a lot of people there that, that don't want to upskill. So it's going to come in and cause ripples for a lot of people that don't want things to change. They don't want, you know, to have to get a different job. They want to go in and, and look at the wall for 40 hours and, and then leave. So you got to think when you take someone's daily experience and change it they usually get uncomfortable and when people get uncomfortable then society in general becomes like unrest like you know you have communities living together where the whole south park they took our jobs kind of thing you know what i mean where something comes in they're not used to it they don't know how to live in a different experience and they start getting irrational because they don't see it as okay i need to get better they see it as okay i was doing something that worked and now it doesn't work and I blame them. Yep. And so I think not only does he think about the impact that it can have at the high level of, okay, what happens when we put solid titanium robots out there with guns that the only way you can power it down is to take the power supply out of it. It's scary. And then there's the other side of how much does this destroy society? Because there's people that get left behind, even if it's their own volition but they get left behind because this is the com- competition now, right? And we're teaching, yeah. we're teaching a lot of kids. We're teaching a lot of people to shy away from competition. We're teaching them to, okay, it should be hand-fed to you. It should be, like, if you get upset, you, not you know good. what I mean? Like someone, we were at that networking event the other day at, uh, um, you know, Brian's place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone said that, you know, they don't keep score at soccer games anymore because they don't want kids to get upset well, you know, what happens when this new technology comes out and the technology is trained to take their jobs and it's not going to get upset. The people who's running the technology is not going to get upset. And now all these kids are, are adults and they don't have any, like, fer- like ferocity. You know, they don't have any, like, uh, animosity. They don't have any yeah. anger. They don't have any – they just get sad and upset. They need to, like, understand, like, okay, something is coming out. I need to upskill. I need to get better. I need to work a little bit harder.
0: That's why we come to this gym and not other gyms. It's because uh, yeah. of the competitive nature. Yeah,
1: no, cuz I mean I was yeah, I was in the fitness field for a while and now, you know, I I came really out of shape with life and and just falling out of it and going to other gyms really did impact, you know, that environment didn't make me want to push as much. It didn't make me want to get back yeah. into it. And then coming back here being around the people that are competing, being around the people that are, I and mean, everyone's super nice too. So it's it's not like it's like a confrontational thing, but you come in and you feel the energy, you feel people like pushing weight, getting loud. And so, yeah, that's that's very true. I came back to here because it's encouraged me to be around people that are working towards something. Yeah, And we're not doing that everywhere else in life. Not at so all. when AI is really out and about, that's they don't have emotions, right? They don't have the AI, the robot's not gonna be, like it's not gonna feel bad. And the people training it aren't gonna tell it how to feel bad, right?
0: It it, it also, I mean, we use it as a tool for a force multiplier. You and I are both hardworking people. We have yes. businesses. Yeah. But the AI just exemplifies it so much more. But the availability of AI to people who do not have our same level of drive, instead of using it as a force multiplier, use it as a force. And what I mean yeah. by that is like I was a teacher. And all of a sudden, this student who I know, and I'm not going to name any names, but I know this student has an IEP, OK, which basically means it has, you know, this student has some kind of learning disability. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm getting a paper in from the student, and I expect Something like an eighth grade level writing from this tenth or eleventh grader because he's a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I pull it up, and it is the most immaculate. perfect, yeah. immaculate essay. And I'm talking like next level. He's using words like erroneous and 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 um, just words that great I. Word. Well, I'm just saying that's you know, it's a goods great word. Yeah, he using words that he doesn't know you know what i mean and 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 oh man as a as an educator i couldn't stand it i felt like i was getting nothing so th- that if anything scares me it's that it's
1: that oh, and man. this is where the general intelligence so comes brilliant. back into play because once the general intelligence can be sh- sh- sc- skewed to what the developers and engineers and the back end kind of teach it to be so, when you have kids that are using it as a force and not a, a force multiplier, mm-hmm. that becomes their general intelligence, right? Because if they don't know, this AI is now teaching them. And they don't know that the AI is connected to someone else teaching it. It adds on to that non-competitiveness. So, ultimately, you could – I mean, it's the same idea in – like they say school, right? They talk about school and they say if you go to public school in the United States, it teaches you to be a worker, Right. It teaches you to how to be an employee. It teaches you how to fall in line. It teaches you how to do these things. Yep. That becomes times a hundred when everyone's using AI, not understanding it, because ultimately there's still a back end of someone giving that data. Right. It's not a free flowing, it's not open. It's not all the data in the world. It's not every single person. Just like Google. You can't Google everything because you're gonna get people's opinions. Yes. You're gonna use AI that are trained and if if people are using it as a force, they're not going to really know, at least from my experience right now, they're not understanding that when they Google or when they AI something, right? I'm going to use it as a verb. Mm-hmm. It's not giving them the answer. It's giving them what it's trained on to give them an answer. Yeah. So it doesn't mean it's always right. And this is when you see kids in school use it. It, it, it might use fancy words, but it's soulless. A lot of the times the, the data isn't consistent. Yep. A lot of the times it's not even correct yeah right and it really depends on how it's trained where you're getting it so like we're one day this is very far-fetched but i think one day we're going to be able to go to a store and buy an ai to bring home right like you buy data and Mm -hmm. you're going to go get data and you're going to bring it home because you might use it in your house right robot right so you plugs in somewhere you might uh there's a video game i forget what it's called my sister put me onto it but i think it's uh it's like you're you're so in the game they use robots as police so the robots are trained on how they should be doing like interviews, how they should be thinking about things. So at some point, we might go to a store and buy an AI, okay. And we would need to ask, is this AI trained on cooking? Is this AI trained on cleaning? Is this AI tra- trained on this? Right now, it's just AI. And there's really not a lot of knowledge about it. So people would go, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna use chat GPT to answer this question, right? but you're getting the data that's given to you from the company from their servers once it becomes more, more, more widespread and more people are building these solutions you're getting the opinion or the theory from whoever built it yes so it's not like real knowledge right it's just a general intelligence that's produced by someone else which ultimately, I think everything we do is like that. You got to think like curriculum, stuff like that. You're ultimately always leaning on what someone else believes. Yeah, of course. But when you don't understand the technology behind it, like curriculums, you're going to a school and getting it from someone, right? You're going and like, and that's why I think a lot of people, like there's people that I've met that are geniuses, but they've never clicked a lot of what their professors. Mm-hmm. So they, they weren't, they didn't really like believe them or trust them. So the, the education didn't stick with them as much. But now people yeah. are seeing this new technology and everyone's talking about it. They're not even thinking about whether it's right or wrong. They're just like, well, it does this. So the reality is they're getting taught because they're believing it, all yeah. this information, that they have no idea who's even telling it to them because the AI itself is not a person. It's just built by people. Everything always boils back down to people. So it's, that's what I think is crazy is that there's going to be kids that use it for school Mm -hmm. that are taught by it because that's what they believe and trust more than the other people. And that AI is tied to someone else somewhere away, like somewhere that they don't even know. So like you will, you're going to get kids that like use an AI and it's going to tell them stuff and they're going to believe it and it's not going to be real.
0: Somebody, somebody showed me an AI that, and I think it was like one of the, I think it was, man, I, it might've been chat GPT. Um, I thought I, was, I thought I was gonna sneeze, but um it might have been chat GPT, but somebody asked them basically to badmouth politicians from different parties. And when they asked them to I'm not gonna say which party what, but when they asked them to attack the one party they were, yeah. they, they said, we don't hold any opinion or something like that. When they asked them to attack the other party, they were very, very quick to criticize that party. It was chat GPT. It,
1: it was, it was Trump and Biden. Uh, yeah. Chat-G-B-T. Trump and Biden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They were all about, so, so you'd be like, you know, saying something negative about Biden and they were like, oh, like we don't hold any opinion. Yeah. And then it was like Trump. And then they were like, he's basically like the worst person ever. And I was like. What, like somebody put that in, like they do someone yeah. controls it it's so, so, so somebody took the time to add in a political opinion, mm-hmm. so then I'm like, man, a lot of industries lean different ways. What happens when it leans the wrong way? not saying right or left, but what happens when it leans the wrong way? you know what happens if you put a like a like a like a we have an terrorist even, in charge of something like that?
1: we have kind of even funny. we haven't even begin to see even the slightest of what the world's biggest companies are going to look like like amazon we can we contribute to one of the world's biggest companies you know tesla and spacex and all these things we contribute a lot of these to be like leading companies in the world i don't think they'll even be a fraction of the conglomeracy that we can find once we have like this technology at a higher level
0: yeah, and then they're going to be more powerful. So the cor- corporations yeah. are going to be more powerful than the actual U.S. And
1: they government. They consolidate the power more. And then- the- I mean, They already are. I mean, if you look at- So this is something I tell my students all the time. I forget what year it was, but the operating budget for Philadelphia, I think it was like 2021 or 2022, it was like, like, like 3.2 or 4 or 5 or 6 million, somewhere around there, right? Yeah. It was between 3 to 6 million. And I could be- it could be, it could have been for a specific thing or I don't think, it maybe that wasn't for the whole city, but it was for like a lot of the operations. For something, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. But the, oh no, billion. It was billion, that's yeah. what it was. It okay, was three, yeah, to, three to six billion, three to six billion. That's why, B. Huge number, right? It's massive, yep. But the Apple App Store that same year brought in 8.2 billion. So just the App Store was bringing in as much money as it took to operate one of our largest cities in the country. That's freaking insane. Right. We're we're two hours from New York. We're right next to Jersey. Um well we're in Jersey, but Philadelphia is right next to us. And their operating budget is less than the revenue from an app store.
0: Significantly less. Yeah.
1: So that's just we haven't even begun to touch the surface of what the largest companies in the world are going to be able to do and how much they actually control because no one talks about blackstone really unless you're in a business
0: oh my god black
1: yeah that's a, that's a we'll, we'll have to
0: bring up blackstone and kind of uh big corporations as a topic yeah because that that is a deep thing and we might get a little conspiracy theory ish in that but it, these are facts like you could dig up enough facts where the conspiracy theory starts to look a little scary. Yeah, but how many people go to the store, no the
1: idea. average person goes to the store and no one says, oh, look, the price went up. I wonder what Blackstone's doing. But the reality is a lot of the, what's happening does stem down from you know, subsidies of subsidies of ownership of other they companies. Every, there's three yeah.
0: companies, three, three investment firms that essentially own everything.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think it's gonna be disrupted mm-hmm. by AI and then the the companies that disrupt them will put them to shame with how big they become. I don't think, That's Scary. I don't think the big company, like, you know, I, I think they'll come to an end eventually and they'll start getting smaller and smaller. And there's going to be someone that utilizes and leverages technology in a different way. And they'll start coming into power. And I the reason I believe that is because all these companies are only in their position because, Of other people right other people like money doesn't exist without people if you were on an island by yourself you're thinking about how to survive how to get water how to get food you're not thinking about how to make money Mm -hmm. until you introduce society until you introduce other people so a lot of those big conglomeracy companies the corporations that are running the world all that success comes from the idea that they can get people to like their brands buy into what they're doing do those things and it's so far-fetched like they might buy a company that you you'll never know that blackstone owns it but they'll put the money into it to create that brand atmosphere so people buy into it right now what happens when there's this general level of intelligence and other companies are building that right like where we have a mass amount of people that are like You know, Google became a thing where, like, Google changed people's lives. If you didn't know something, Google it. Mm -hmm. YouTube Academy. We have all this access to data now, all this information. Now there's so much data online. There's, I think, there's like a hundred years of video that's being uploaded to YouTube every day, something like that. Like, it's an, it's an insane. Like, we'll never be able to actually consume all that data, but you know what will? AI, because it can scan it, it can read it, and as long as we have the computing power. That AI and that computer will run 24-7 just to manage that, right? just to do that. And now people are going to use these as search engines. They're going to use them as answers, yeah. and they're going to go to it, and it's going to be skewed screw, and controlled by specific groups and specific data sets, and that, general, that, that level of general intelligence is now going to be what people associate to be reality. So that our new reality, if we don't – and this is why I'm so big on teaching tech, on creating the programs in South Jersey, on creating these apprenticeships. Because if we don't start teaching our kids and other people that are growing up in this world how this stuff works, eventually it's going to be a complete mystery, and they might never know. Yeah. Just like how you know a lot of real estate people that I speak to, they're like, you know, our kids might never know ownership one day. Our kids yeah. might never know what it means to own something because of how the world's going. We talked about that that we
0: can't sell our houses
1: and that reality of you know what happens if everything was like that what if the only thing our kids knew was because they have an ai on their phone that's trained by a company so when they ask it something you know and i'll imagine if the united states had an ai bot right so if you were a u.s citizen or not a citizen if you needed to know information about something all you did was talk to this robot do you think if you message that robot and be like you know did 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 the United States um founders massacre Indians and you know take lands from people? The bot's gonna be trained on what to say. You know what I mean? It's gonna be like uh whatever they wanted to say, like, oh yeah, we did, but it was because of this. Or it could be like, no, we didn't. This never what, happened. Yeah, like history books is a big thing, right? They always talk yeah. about depending on what history book you read, you get a little different iteration of history. Yep. Now imagine it's a voice or it's a text and it's a bot you talk to, and it's a bot your kids trust. I hate to break it to a lot of people, but a lot of people's kids trust TikTok more than their parents. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of kids trust Instagram more than their parents. They'll go and search something, and they'll try to figure it out on their own. When they start trusting that AI and stuff, if that's, kids need to be taught about tech and how it works because at the end of the day, there's always another person behind it. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's crazy. But there's always someone behind it.
0: Somebody, you know, I'm, I, I'm starting my fitness journey and uh somebody actually came... you started with joe right yeah yeah i'm starting with joe yeah yeah i'm Good. working out with joe joe's great so if you guys if you guys ever are, are in this area and you want somebody joe is awesome down to uh, earth, yeah Easy. definitely yeah. down to earth um doesn't uh is is very aware of you know i asked i asked answered a couple questions mm-hmm. and he's very very aware of my body and and kind of things and he's he's willing to adjust things not yeah he, Based does, on he doesn't everything. try to he
1: doesn't try to do things just his way. he wants you to have a good experience and like yeah, he, that's all, yeah, he does that really well, yeah,
0: but, um, so i'm starting this I'm starting that fitness journey, and somebody came up to me and was trying to offer me advice and said something i I think I was eating i think I ate like cereal or something I was eating something or maybe it was oatmeal, and i haven't had I've been managing my carbs really, really well. Uh, recently, not all the time. I love bread, but I was eating oatmeal because I was a little carb deficient, you know, for my day. And, um, and I was trying to get that little bit of a kick in the ass. I felt like my sugars were low or something. So I started eating oatmeal and this person comes up to me and starts telling me, oh, that's the worst thing you could ever eat and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's oatmeal. Like, is it really that bad? Like, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. I said, well, what's, what's, what's your proof? And don't you know, this dude whips out a TikTok video. Of this guy saying, Do you see this chart? It had like grain. He's like, You eat this, you could die. You'll walk into an early grave. And I'm like, Okay. Like, you're telling me if I eat oatmeal, I'm going to die. Like, and that's what the guy was basically saying. And I'm like, I don't trust anything. (laughs) It's
1: hard. And, And that's so. I'm just a skeptical person. He pulled out TikTok, right? And showed TikTok. That doesn't even mean anything, right? Like that doesn't. If, if that, I see that a lot, like the
0: guy drew on a chalkboard. If
1: <laughs> I have to almost confirm now with people where they heard things, because a lot of the times it's almost always referenced back to social media, and then you have to understand, okay, you've seen it on social media, but what's the sort like who's creating it? What's their background? What are they? What where are they getting it from? Because typically humans get stuff from other humans, yeah, right. So they learn something from someone else, and this is. I often find, especially with the younger crowd, that if they want to know something, they're more likely to search it. You know, TikTok is a huge search engine now. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But they rank huge. They rank as a search engine. So <laughs> I I forget the statistic, but the majority of millennials and younger kids, I don't know if they want younger than millennials is, um, but they are more likely to search TikTok than Google to figure something out. That
0: is out. insane.
1: But you got to realize when you do that, you're not getting a bunch of data that TikTok has, you're getting a bunch of people that are creating data for TikTok that's picked on by an algorithm that shows up in your feed based on your location, based on what you look at, based on what you like, based on a lot of different data points. And it's blurring a fine line between reality and what's not real because it feels so natural because it showed up on your feed, right? Like if someone goes and like, oh, it's on my feed, that doesn't mean everyone's seen it. That doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's the world knows about it. It means that you got hit with this algorithm that showed you this content based on what you were searching. But people in their head and kids in their head are like, well, this is where I can find the information as fast as possible. And what do kids want? Things as fast as possible. AI is going to be similar to where like, okay, I don't know this. You know, where right now. You know, Google was a thing. Okay, if I don't know it, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. That wasn't always a thing. It became a thing. Googling TikTok or searching TikTok wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing. Okay, if I don't know this, I'm going to search TikTok. It's going to become, okay, I don't know this. Let me just ask AI. And it's going to be the same thing depending on what service you use, what data you're using. It's going to give you results and it's going to be skewed based on who built that.
0: It's so scary that that TikTok has become a source, especially since like TikTok is not an American company. and well, That's a big thing too, And, yeah. and and yeah, and and not to mention the TikTok version that they actually have in its mother country of it's China, it's different. So like one of the things I seen when I somebody told me this and i didn't I didn't know if I believed it or not, but I looked into it and the Chinese version, I forget what the name is, I actually have it written down somewhere, but when I was looking at it, it seemed like the videos were pushing people like the kids to like positive shoot how to make a rocket um, how to do a math problem.
1: You know what? You know what it targets. You know what it sends our kids.
0: Yeah, junk. Eee. Yeah, like <laughs>
1: you know what I mean. That's what it sends our kids.
0: Yeah, like <laughs>
1: like it's, it sends it sends them ice it's, spice.
0: It's yeah, it's creating this like <laughs> this like drone type generation. Like this yeah. this generation, man. I feel so bad for them because everything that they have to look at just makes them into a drone, a depressed drone.
1: So, like, do you know? Do you know do you how mean, the government it? looks at TikTok? Uh.
0: Well, I know that they tried. to I, do, I know they. They tried look to, at it
1: as an effort towards psychological warfare. Yeah, I. I so this is why they so, tried to get rid of it in the you, military. If you were, did they? When not where you? You were out when you were. Um.
0: Right. So I got out in 2018. Not really. So, but yeah, because it wasn't a thing. But 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 as soon as I got out, it, it became a big. Thing. It's a psych. It's
1: psychological warfare, and they, they if you work in the government or you were if you're sitting on Senate or anything like that, you're not allowed to have TikTok on your phone because a lot of people don't realize this. You know, AOC's
0: TikTok and well, <laughs> you know, she's over there millennial.
1: Well, not only that, but you also give your, that app a lot of access to your phone. So like, yeah. for example, when you go onto your phone and you say, allow this app to use all my photos, that app can now at any time your phone's on, go into your photos and scan it or use it or leverage it. So if you give TikTok the, the rights to you, my before and after pictures for work, <laughs> Yeah. Not good. <laughs> they're going to leak them. But if if you go into that, they're going to, um, you know, they, they can have access to anything on your phone. So not only that, but then the second thing is, once we really develop this, like, I don't want to say addiction, but you do get, like, addicted to scrolling through the content, now they can curate literally what you're seeing. And, like, young kids don't think about that. They just look at, like, they're looking at entertainment. So... They well, could form opinions. So in China, right, they do talk about how TikTok shows a lot more po- – I, I don't know. I can't speak on that and say yeah, I always showed But it. what I do know is that people are speaking about it and saying that in their home country – and there was also ties to the CCP. Yeah,
0: but, it's, it's, it's a law. They have to have um, – you have to share data with the CCP. Yeah. So you have to share data with the government. The government has direct access to every, the entire back end. Correct.
1: So yeah. one of their large investors is a company that's owned by the, the com- yeah. There's a yeah. there's a bunch of them, yeah. but they're owned by the CCP.
0: Ten cents, like the the big one.
1: Yeah, and um, so they have. So what that means is when you allow your phone to have access or the app to have access to your phone, or you upload that video, it gets sent to their servers, their computers. Whoa. And what they had said was so. In if anyone's never watched any of the court cases, they claim that all the U.S. data that's serving the US and being sent in by the US is only hosted in California in the US servers. I don't believe it. But <laughs> from what I've heard, they do show a, be- a better algorithm. Yeah. So like they'll show their kids, yeah, how to do math, how to-
0: very because, patriotic. Because the, the truth is
1: all of this can be used for great. Like I always, I tell my students, I'm like, imagine if the Terminator came back and nobody was getting killed, there was no war. They just wanted to plant some trees could you imagine a robot that can do all of that and all it was it was, was relentlessly planting trees i'm like we would have forests built in the year you know what i mean this robot would just be non-stop planting trees perfectly yeah and it would be awesome but that's not we're dealing with humans on the back end so not everything's made for love and peace it's made for war and and you know, whatever they needed to be made for. Yeah. So these AIs, like, yeah, we can have, like, TikTok could be it's awesome. It's a shitty movie, T- too. Yeah. TikTok could be awesome if it was used for the right things, but we have to be, we have to face facts. Humans aren't always looking out for other humans, especially from other nations and other places. It, that's why it's so important to understand how these technologies work because, like, every town could host their own TikTok. Right, every community in, like yeah. if we started building servers in our local towns, we'd be able to control our, our data more. As an educational
0: tool, would be fantastic.
1: Right, like imagine if our schools all had servers that had their own AI that was only trained on their curriculums, that their things, and then they could share. So, uh, uh, what the, what is it? Um, the MetaQuest? No, what is this? Uh, Epic. Epic. Epic is the, the solution that all the hospital use. Yeah. Right, so like Epic is... If you go to a doctor and they log your data, it goes into the system Epic typically. And anyone else that uses Epic, they're allowed to share your data. That's oh, that why, makes sense. So like, that's why if you go to a hospital and you get treated and you go to another hospital and they both use Epic, they could use your same. So like your, your, makes a lot of your sense. patient care can be used universally now. So like your care level can yeah. go up because now they know what's going on. Now, imagine if we had that same technology for AI in schools yeah. where you join the school and it has this ai and it has this data that it's kept from all the curriculums and all the students and you can leverage that ai specifically for your students and share it with other schools we now as entities control that data we're not letting outsourced outside forces manipulate etc like it could be used for so much good but we need to be highly educated on how it works and have
0: access to it i i think sadly there's not as much interest in learning because people just want to—I don't even know what do people want to do. They're just, they just—they just want to stare at their phone and and they want to float through. They want to shake ass on on TV. And, and look, that's what it is. I'm gonna say this. Like, um, I married a wonderful woman. Um, but you know, when I when I talk to her, I say, you know, do you want to do this in your life? No. Do you want to do this in your life? And there's nothing wrong with the fact that she, in, in career she's perfectly satisfied where where she is. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Her dream is to be a very good mom. And I love that about her. It but she is. She is. She's a great mom. She's a great wife. You know, I, I need that stability, mm-hmm. but it, it was at, when we first got together, it surprised the hell out of me that she didn't want to like do this crazy shit that I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. like I went to a wedding, I did two tours in Iraq. I went to a wedding in Iraq. After I was done
1: Mm.
0: as a tourist, like that is freaking like, it's cool. Like now I'm looking back at it. I'm like, what an idiot. Right. But that's the type of person I am. I've always been an adventurous spirit. I've always been that person that says, yeah, it's probably a really bad idea. I should probably do it. That adventurous spirit. We talked about it in, in our earlier episode. I think our first episode, our pilot, it's not, it's not a thing anymore. Oh, like, yeah. like the American, like wanting to be the American exceptionalism, the the American pushing the boundaries, the one that wants to go to the moon. They don't give a shit. It's sad, man. It it drives me nuts. So I'm almost like I need AI because I can't find good enough humans. That sounds awful, right? But yeah. but but but, it, but it's so true. I I'm a person. Uh, my best workers, my best workers are not U.S. citizens in my beverage industry. And it sucks because every few months they have to go back home. And I pay them very, very well. I take care of them very, very well. I would do everything in my power to make sure. And some of them we have made US citizens. I'll do everything in my power to keep them here. But it's just not a reality. Mm -hmm. But why is it that I have to outsource that? It's because the people here, for some odd reason, and I'm not saying everybody. You know, we, we found in our little circle that there's a lot more of us than I thought. But it definitely seems like things like TikTok and AI have made people intellectually lazy.
1: Yeah. I think we have a lot of split homes too. So like yeah. we have a lot of
0: no discipline.
1: Not we have a lot of like so I was thinking about this the other day, how everyone says like our kids in the in the nation are like very sensitive and they're this and that. And I think we've it's our fault. well we we've coddled that because we did end up creating mm-hmm. environments where the parents and the adults they would coddle versus just teaching the kids the reality yeah of like look this is how it's you know what i mean that's this we 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 create a facade of this always being successful and not accepting failure and that's just like it's not the reality like Failure for me is everything. Like, I love to the fail. The other I, day. Yeah. When, it, we, when it, we went then, to that. James Butts, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, he was talking about, you know, how he's been through a lot of failures and it's made him the man he is today. And he wouldn't change that for anything. And I agree wholeheartedly. I think, yeah. I think that the only reason I am where I am today, and I'm not saying I'm on any kind of pinnacle, but I'm happy. And I'm here because I failed and I tried and I tried and I tried and I keep trying and I keep failing and I keep trying and I succeed, but I don't, I don't even know if I would have been as thankful for all the success if I didn't experience those failures, right? How would we know sunshine if it never rains and how, how would we know pride if we, that's a good way. Yeah. So I, I think we need to get back to teaching our kids how to fail and teaching them that, you know, not winning is okay, but, it doesn't mean you should just give up you should keep trying try to win try to try to get better try to get be smarter try to be stronger try to move faster because when the ai comes in it's not it's not built on emotion like we have constructs now where a a company can come together this is going to be real harsh but let's talk about hitler right Hitler, yeah. created an Demonetized. Environment, crea- <laughs> Hitler created an environment where <laughs> <that's-> <laughs> he created an environment where people would do things that they wouldn't have done otherwise, right? Yeah, like they acted out of character and learned this reality. So imagine if our kids are now being directed by technology, which they are. Right. So they're being directed by TikTok. They're being directed by Instagram. They're being directed by social aptitude of how we see each other and treat each other on these platforms at home. They're not being told that failure is OK. They're not being told what's really happening. They're not being shown that you need to pay bills and, and get up when there's you fall down. It's OK to be you know, scraped up and bloody, but it's even better to like what you need to do is stand up and, and dust yourself off. Now imagine when the people like Hitler, where he did social constructs, where he was telling stories and talking to people and he would have other people carry out his mission. Imagine when someone like him now does it with technology and starts teaching these things through technology and starts teaching these things through building servers that serves data that they support, right? And our kids aren't being told to stand against things, they're being told to follow suit. So now they trust technology and now they start using these tools that are being built by someone that has these maniacal thoughts. Yeah. That's where my mind takes me. And that's maybe a little bit it's it's heavy and it's a little deep, but I really want people to think about that. Where
0: if Hitler had uh, AI, that is one hell well, of a science fiction. Ima- imagine if imagine if he's the one who owned TikTok.
1: My God. Imagine if imagine if he owned TikTok. Imagine if he owned Instagram, imagine if he owned Facebook. Imagine if someone with that mindset owned these platforms that I mean, let's face it, parents, the kids are trusting. Yeah. Right? Like you our our kids are going and using these social platforms and learning from them.
0: It's like an alternate history science fiction.
1: Right? So scary. So I think what he was able to do during, you know, the Holocaust and all that time can be twenty, like a hundred times because with technology, there's no face. You And and there's no, like, he doesn't have to say to someone. There's no beach like, to invade. Like in his, in his circle, mm-hmm. there were people that he had to find or co- convince that what he was doing was good enough to teach other people to do it. Now, you don't have to teach other people. So it can start way smaller. You can teach a robot and people can trust that robot. Yeah. They can trust the the platform. They can trust this. You don't have to convince people anymore. You you build the solution that kids will go to, and there's there's uh you familiar with Bo Burnham? Yeah. So he's hilarious. Um, but he actually so he he's a a music he's a comedian who plays songs. He's kind of like Weird Al Yankovic like in a new modern version. Yeah. And he has a lot of speeches and talks where he talks about, you know, exactly that. How you know if kids are going towards social media and they're being taught by this, what happens when someone with the wrong mindset gets into it right it's something he references a lot is like snapchat he's like why would you want your kids to have something to send pictures that disappear right why would you give That's them insane. something why would you give them something where they can do this right it's
0: actually the biggest app that my students used snapchat yeah it's yeah. because we couldn't see it as yeah. teachers yeah yeah.
1: And that's just what I'm saying. So, like, the kids are learning technology faster than us. They're learning to use it. And more importantly, they're learning to trust it. And there's no face behind it. They just trust an app. They trust the colors. Like, like what, Snapchat's this yellow little bird or something? And, like, you know. Ghost. It's a ghost. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a little yellow ghost. It's, it's, it's cutesy. It's creative.
0: It used to be called Peekaboo
1: yeah 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 so that's that's and that's even weirder to think about like because you imagine that's not a market as marketable right here have your kids download this app where you send pictures and it's called peekaboo that sounds a lot creepier than snapchat
0: they kept the ghost though
1: yeah 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 it's but that's what i'm saying like if our kids are trusting this now we have ai involved they're going to start trusting their ai assistants yep. they're going to start trusting what grok tells them or what you know, chat GPT tells them or what, you know, uh,
0: Lewis AI tells them. So they have to learn failure. They have to learn adaptability, agi- agility, and yeah. to challenge things. Yeah. We challenge need, everything. We
1: need to challenge everything,
0: challenge everything.
1: debate, you know, don't be, don't hold back and say, Oh, this is normal. If it, If you don't, if it doesn't feel normal, if it doesn't sound right to you, challenge it. <laughs> compete against it. And I, I would argue too, ultimately that's what business is every day, at least for me, like I'm challenging things. I love the fight. I, I'm doing, yeah, it's, I think it's a constant fight because if a client comes yeah. in, I'm, I'm challenging what they think would be a good solution. Right. Cause a lot of challenging
0: people come, the price that they think that they should The have. price, yeah.
1: right? Oh, why is this so much? Well, because this, this, and this has to happen. I have to have people that are doing this and they need to live. I have to have put systems in place, and they, that needs to run and have electric, okay. right? I need to put this in place. I need to do the effort myself. So, I think that you know, I would even, ex- I would even go as far as arguing that if we don't teach our kids agility and debating and arguing, I don't want to say arguing, but you know, challenging, mm-hmm. we lo- that's we're losing that entrepreneurial mindset. We're losing the next generation in the forefront of the American business because we're teaching. Now it used to be, oh, the schools are teaching our kids to fall in line. Now we're doing it. We're letting them jump on these applications. We're letting them use social media to think about and do whatever they want. Now we're letting them fall in line. Yep. And it's, and people have learned that, right? It's not school. It, we can't target the schools anymore. Now it's you got to teach your kids. You got to teach your kids to challenge things. You got to teach them to teach themselves and to challenge what they see and how they see things. Yep. Because with technology, now anyone can go on YouTube and figure something out. Now anyone can snag. It's just crazy. There there's been so many stories of that I've heard over the past year of two things, of kids using technology and it completely changing who they are and kids using technology and then their parents not being able to re-earn their kids respect yep to gain that trust and now their kid is trust TikTok
0: more than their parents opinion. I used to force my students. I used to well, not force. I used to tell all my students, I said, "Guys, Everyone could be wrong, including me. So you are going to challenge everything, including things that I say. But if you plan on challenging me, bring sources. Debate. So I would have students, I would always have one, like one a semester. A lot less than I wanted. Like I thought every day I was coming in there, I would teach a a 45-minute. So we have 90-minute blocks. I thought I'd go in there, teach a a 45-minute lesson, and have a 45-minute debate. But actually what happened was I teach a 80-minute lesson and have a 10-minute debate with one single student every single time. And it, it and it was – and that student would come with all the facts. Don't even get me started on this. But it, it's, it's – it, 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 it drove me nuts. One thing from that speech the other day that I want to bring up is the one guy – the guy said, right, he said – if you set 10 goals and you accomplish all of them, you set yourself too short, right? Because he said that basically you should fail at eight of them. Cause you know, it's, he's like set ridiculous goals, mm-hmm. but now we've set up a system and this became an education thing. I think we, cause we, you and I are so strong on the education. Mm-hmm. front. Now we have students who are just okay with just, Turning in the work. You know, they don't even want to do that. But if it shuts me up, they'll just give me some half-ass stuff. What gets me a B? What gets me a C? And
1: that and that mindset?
0: Yeah. I had students literally tell me, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I have a student literally, this would happen very, very like all the time. I'd have students say, so I give them a project, and there'd be 10 points that you not need to knock out. They'd raise their hand. I said, yes. They said, if I only do seven of them, can I get a 70? I'm like. No. Cause that's not the task.
1: Really grinds my gears. It's like and so that contributes into so when that mind I do believe that comes from home a lot of the times too. Yeah. But that mindset, right? These are the kids that are gonna be quick to go to AI and say, Okay, do this for me. Yeah. And now they're subcon like they're not even gonna be really capturing the data. They're just gonna be living on the subconscious thoughts of this is the truth, this is the reality, this is what I can do just to get by. And then they go do whatever entertains them or they do yep. whatever they want to do. And it doesn't create a reality, it creates drones, right? It creates it create eventually these kids will become humans, right? Adult, full adults, full-blown adult humans, and they're gonna have the same mindset if they've never earned any knowledge yep. if they've just skated their way through and i mean I, I i mean technology was different when we were kids but i'm even susceptible to that where you know i was a a victim of my, what i knew and i was only so adamant about learning more until i found a huge passion for learning i found a huge love for education but before that you know my parents didn't really instill uh you know school's important school i mean my dad actually told me not to go to college and the so my mindset was always like if i was there i i just didn't want to be there right so yep. now nowadays kids that don't want to be there they have all these tools to kind of like cheat their way through and like get through it they're not actually going to retain anything they're just going to retain on how to use these technologies right there's going to be kids grad college during covid right a bunch of kids college graduated college in high school during covid yep these kids going into the workforce and stuff severely
0: chat gpt wrote half their papers
1: severely you know they're they're facing a lot of competition now yeah because the people that graduated before them and have been working haven't been using these things ai needs to be an attribution to what we do <clears throat> not what we do so i i'm glad you brought up a lot of that stuff because yeah i'm big on education and i i do think that there's a lot of different ways we could do it and we can incorporate if we i think we should give them AI but teach them how to use it differently and challenge them more. Like yeah. we need, I think we need to challenge kids more. I think we need to challenge everybody more. I think we need to challenge um, even ourselves more. I think a lot yeah. of people just kind of try to skate by and they, they don't really think about um, kind of what I want to say brand. Like they don't think about the whole brand of what they're building as far as a person, as far as an organization, as far as a life. Yep. And on that note too the last thing that you know we were kind of talking about the other day was you know how do you know like we were talking about when we got into bit like left the job and started working for ourselves full time i think that's going to be even harder to know as people are using tools because a lot of people are jumping in like oh i can do this i can build a bot and do this launch this company do that
0: probably gonna have to make a full episode on that
1: right probably have to make a full episode on that but i i think all in all the the right time doesn't it's not really like a right time it's like have you built enough infrastructure around your personal brand yep. around your actual thought and idea to carry out this mission right and i think for me i knew that i wanted to go and i could go at work for myself when that reality was like more people were asking me about that yep. than what i did during the day yeah you know what i mean more people were asking me about what i was doing at night and after hours than what i was doing at work during the day and that's when i knew that okay you know i'm going to jump into this full-fledged and this is why i think we really need those that personal interaction like you don't you know ai robots all this stuff is always going to be an assistant to us you need that human interaction because we're the ones that think like if someone came and you know when people when people started talking to me more about it is when i knew you know what I mean? When yep. the just society around me started saying, like looking at what I was doing and say, "Oh, this tech thing that you're doing, what is that about? Oh, you're you're putting websites up. Oh, you're you're putting networks together yep. and stuff." When during the day I was doing something completely different, that became not even a topic anymore. Now all they talked about was what I was doing at night and on the side. Yeah, happened right?
0: with me too. Yeah, nobody, nobody cared about me teaching. They all wanted to know about the tea company.
1: Yeah, so that's what I think. You know, I think maybe we should do a whole episode on that because all of this led into it, but. I think that reality. I think it's gonna like our commerce, economy, businesses being created, new entrepreneurs is gonna be severely impacted by these technologies. Yeah, and definitely, our kids are gonna are gonna see a lot of what's happening. And by the time they get to be sixteen, like I'd say you have young kids, right? Yep. By the time they're sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, this this is all gonna be completely different again, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. I'll have to, we'll have to do another podcast. Yeah, episode two when my daughter turns sixteen. So stand by thirteen years from now.
1: <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of episodes in between there.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do this one again.
1: But it's not over when you lose, it's over when you quit. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. Yep. Yeah, but uh like so next week next week we should have a guest on. Is that yeah. is that happening? Do a guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week, next week we'll have a guest. Uh we'll probably stay in the lines of a one topic maybe no probably not talk (laughs) yeah we like to be raw yeah yeah we like to be raw unfiltered uncut real uh real real life yeah but uh nothing nothing you have to be scared of for the uncut version uh just maybe maybe uh my partner over there mentioning hitler (laughs) great business
1: study case i mean he really commanded a lot of the world it's insane, and, and for, insane for, ideas, and with abstract like with ideas that made no sense, right? And I, everyone's like
0: that guy. Yeah, we, that's the we, guy. And
1: that it's something you know. They like, it's funny because I we need to talk about stuff that's not easy to talk about. No, of course, because this is you know if no one studied challenge everything. If no one studied Hitler, right? How could we ever prevent that? If we don't understand how these things work, you know, and that's why I think I forget who else talks about it. it might be Alex Ramosi. He talks about a lot of the things like books and stuff, but. You got to study the most benevolent and the best just as much as you got to study the worst and the most evil because the reality in the world is we're not on this equal ground of
0: got to find that balance. There's,
1: there is that evil that does exist. There is that good that does exist. And you're at a severe disadvantage If you're going to walk around naive and think that one or the other doesn't, if you're going to walk around and be like, Oh, that doesn't happen. This can't happen. That won't happen. It probably will eventually.
0: What happens when you're a nice guy in business all the time?
1: You get, shit on you get shit ran over we were just
0: talking about that earlier being too
1: nice and having the free work never do free work
0: never do if your relative comes up to you or your friend comes up to you and asks for free product that you gotta say no if you offer them free things that's one thing because because you planned it you you fit that into your budget Mm -hmm. and your mental planning but if they ever come up to you and demand any kind of free work no free work do not do it they have you to respect you can't pay your you. bills with hugs you can't no. pay your
1: bills with thank yous no and we that's we just have to face the facts of where we've built our society up to and what we're living in
0: every right? parody in the world tries to get money out of me and it's like if I gave it money to all you I don't have a business charity well charity is that is the purpose charity of it. yeah yeah we yeah. do but guess what i have my own missions yeah you know not that i'm going to i'm not going to put down your mission but at the end of the day charity was developed to do two things honestly Uh, We, we, we focus on, on actually three things. We focus on, we focus on the environment and farmers. I put them in the same category. We focus on veterans. Okay. And, and, and and we focus on food insecurity. Yeah. Those three are my missions. You come up with your dog. Look, I love dogs, but if I give you a thousand dollars every month in an envelope, Guess what? That's one less person that I could hire who could then pay their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. So never do free work. It, it's 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 a trap for small businesses. For sure. Yeah. That's why bars fail because they want to give free drinks to all their buddies. <laughs> it's a huge issue. Yeah. It's why an alcoholic can never run a bar. Very true. Yeah. So sign off. Yep. Sign off. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll be back same time next week um we're gonna launch all these at a launch party right
1: we're gonna do a launch party yeah
0: yeah, we're gonna do a launch party yeah you deserve I'm, more media yeah you deserve more media and uh we got a lot of things in the works this is gonna get insane you know i'm excited yeah yeah this is this is it's this is gonna get big so thanks for tuning in guys thanks guys good yeah i, I like the sign off better it was kind of casual